0: Greetings everyone and welcome to The Stacks. This is Jay.
1: And I'm the Exhanninating Angel.
0: Ah, I I was confused for a second. <laughs> w- yeah, really it know that was going.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um...
2: I
0: thought you were referring to one of the movies that I, I'm adding to the Stacks tonight because it's got a similar name. <laughs> oh really? Okay. <laughs> uh yeah uh so this week we're uh first speaking of i am sartana your angel of death (laughs) it's the
1: angel edition this week where no literal angels appear
0: yeah that's true they're they're both angel title movies but uh and and both like angels of death specifically
1: Mm -hmm. who do not appear well
0: uh, metaphorically exist within yeah. the, the, the the boundaries of their films uh, This one's also known as Sartana the Gravedigger I think that's what it's more widely known as uh, Or at least I think that's its uh, official American title
1: yeah, I like Angel of Death better
0: Yeah, because uh, Sartana the Gravedigger Doesn't really uh, make sense or refer to anything in this film hey, He does
1: not dig graves I don't think anyone really does
0: no but like you could say he is an angel of death he does kill a lot of people in this one as he did in the first
1: this is pretty much all self-defense though
0: true this isn't him like taking out a lot of uh dudes just for the fun of it and like where the first one had really bloody fights these ones are quite bloodless
1: yeah it it You know what this kind of feels like compared to uh, the first one? And you kind of, and we were mentioning this in chat, it feels like a made-for-TV movie version of, like, or, like, a two-hour season finale of a Sartana TV show that never got made.
0: Yeah, because, like, there's all these characters who know him, and he has this history with, and everybody's, like, friendly and chummy with him. And it's so weird in, in terms of just dissonance from the first one where, like, uh he's this mysterious figure just riding out of and back into the heat haze mm-hmm. like he's he's kind of a ghostly possibly undead figure in the first movie and this one he's just this jovial guy he does card tricks and magic tricks and
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like a magician in this one <laughs>
0: he's got he's got lots of gadgets he's into gambling it's very self-aware
1: mhm
0: uh he, I I would say he's kind of almost a James Bond figure.
1: Well, we were kind we kind of mentioned that a little bit in the first one too, but definitely more so here. He's less morally gray here. He's still gray cool. but not not as gray. He's he's leaning closer to the or further away from the evil.
0: Well, it's weird line. because I, I feel it isn't even so much a matter of what he's doing as the tone of the movie has shifted quite a bit. Like it, it it's so much light, so much more lighthearted.
1: It really is. It's it's almost it's almost campy.
0: Like, it's uh, very campy. Like it like as I was saying as well. It feels like the 66 Batman series in a lot of ways. Like he's the world's greatest detective. He's actually just mostly doing detective work this whole movie.
1: And he's got to deal with his rogues gallery of people who have gotten him into death traps in previous episodes, but now they're all teaming up to take him down. And who's behind it all? Dark Sartana, a new it's villain just Sartana. for the movie.
0: Yeah uh one thing i do find interesting though in continuity with the previous one is how bankers and casino owners and mayors uh people of authority are all of the villains in sartana movies oh yeah yeah i like that it's very anti-authoritarian as a series
1: Mm -hmm. actually yeah there are no yeah there's no good any of those in this one (laughs) they're all evil
0: they're all completely corrupt like there's that town that they go to later and we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves but when they get to Poker Falls which tremendous name for an old west town it's,
1: oh the whole Poker Falls like when they get their sequence uh, oh,
0: the best part of the movie it really uh, is but uh, uh, just, uh, when he talks to the sheriff he's like oh yeah uh, this guy's uh, corrupt and that guy's corrupt and that guy's corrupt he's like pretty much everyone's corrupt even I'm corrupt <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. and he says to the guy like, "So when do the real sheriffs come around?"
0: <laughs> oh, well,
1: You know, they just do what they do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so interesting title sequence on this one, where there's a dressing dummy that's being dressed up with Sartana's clothes.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that because I was distracted by the card tricks that he was playing.
0: See are... that? That's after. Uh, so yeah. like, First, it's a dressing dummy, and then his clothes all sort of appear on it. Which uh, and makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't catch that it was significant. Like, I didn't right, make the, yeah.
0: the The clothing thing is pretty important in this movie, yeah. Yes. Uh, cause, so, interestingly, uh, between the two movies, Johnny uh, Garco, uh, the guy who plays Sartana in this and uh, the previous one, he copyrighted the Sartana look. Uh, oh, really? because. Uh, Well, like Django and The Man With No Name were so heavily copied. Like they they just had all of these knockoff versions of them. Like there are all of these fake Django movies that aren't with the same guy or made by the same company or anyone. It's just like it's just a dude named Django and he had a specific look so everybody could make that movie. Uh, And it's (laughs) kind of similar to The Man With No Name. Like honestly, Sartana in the previous movie was a straight up Man With No Name knockoff.
1: Yeah, man with no name with a fancier suit. <laughs> the, the whole point of this movie is, if you try to pretend to be Sartana, the actual one is going to kill
0: you. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to protect my copyright." Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's a kind of a, a this. It feels like a meta movie but it's like, okay, I this is I've now copyrighted this image, and I'm going to come after people who who uh, <laughs> use this to uh, commit crimes against me.
1: But when I do it in real life, it's it's not going to be fun. There's just going to be lawyers. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I might still shoot you, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or catch you in one of those snare traps at least.
0: Oh, I love his snare traps. Uh, and and like Garco was was sort of like he was a major star. Like he was one of the big Italian movie stars at the time. So like he had the clout to back this this up. Uh, so, yeah, once it's fully dressed, the dummy becomes, like, quote-unquote, Sartano, with no face shown, very notably. <laughs> and, we, yeah, yeah we a bunch don't of see cool card face. and gun tricks.
1: Yeah, which turn out to be the exact same card and gun tricks that he does later on. Yeah. But that's okay.
0: And, and as well, like, they, they're leaning into him very much being a magician. Like, he, he does a lot of stage magic. Mm-hmm. sleight of hand.
1: He super does, but it's also... It, Kind of like a James Bond-esque opening. He's James like Bond. mostly in silhouette, and you can just see the cards.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and like he he has all these gadgets, and he is this well-known gambler and raconteur, and he goes places, and everyone knows his name and knows his image. And it's like that's not really how being uh, an old west. Uh, gangster and bounty killer really was. You, you kind of want to keep a low profile, and just the same with the James <laughs> Bond thing, being a spy where you're yeah, not no supposed kidding. to be known. But you know.
1: <laughs> I'm T- Agent Double O Seven, James Bond with MI6. Oh hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm going undercover right now, actually.
0: <laughs> There's just a great deal of silliness about this one, and it's very heightened. Like this was a much lower budget movie than the first one, is my understanding. Like it was yeah, pretty low budget. It shows. It does show, but they they make a lot of it. Like it, it's it's uh like I said, the Batman sixty six energy. They just have tons and tons of goons. They're all dressed the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they they just exist to get shot. You can yeah. just imagine the. The Batman theme playing whenever there's like hundreds of guys coming out to shoot him. Gunshot.
0: I mean, honestly, that would be better than some of the theme choices. And there's one in particular that I want to talk oh, about. You, I think you know I what bet. I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll, there's we'll a couple it when we get there, but yeah, there's yeah, one we'll get that's there. really irritating. Uh, but yeah, so opening <laughs> shot, pretty cool. You've got this corpse quote-unquote over the back of a horse wrapped in a blanket being led into town by a horseman who's only shot from behind and looks like he might be sartana he's dressed like sartana
1: he's got the silhouette this is definitely the this is i mean he's got the iconic hat and cape
0: we we just saw someone be? yeah we we just saw someone in the opening credits dressed up like this and that's supposed to be Sartana and yeah. that's really interesting cuz this is also the last one that uh, Garko plays him so like it does change to different dudes in subsequent oh, no, movies shit. so there's I didn't there's know no that. reason <laughs> that anyone would be like well it's not the same guy unless you're really you know you're aware that you're going into a Johnny Garko movie which you know Americans wouldn't be <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well, although this is the second movie still, right. so... yeah,
0: true. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of expect them to just kind of trade off people in these roles in these sort of movies, because they, they're they a factory. They put out so many of them. It's it's <laughs> like uh, the Shaw Brothers in their Kung Fu movies.
1: Oh, God, I wish there were that many of these.
0: Oh, there are. There oh. legitimately are. Like, not oh, Sartana specifically, but, like, of the quote-unquote spaghetti western wave it's there's hundreds of them like no kidding
1: no. oh man i've only heard of like the big ones then
0: oh I yeah thought that yeah. was it no we'll 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 be digging into all sorts of these. Oh, so shit. uh they're they're coming into town and they pass a bunch of signs for Northwestern Bank Oh,
1: I love the Northwestern <laughs> Bank signs We have the best bounty hunters Or the most murderous bounty hunters In all the West
0: They, they specifically call them Bounty Killers <laughs> or, Yeah, Bounty Killers, <laughs> that's right Our Bounty Killers are the best uh, Next one your money is only secure at the Northwestern Bank. Like, oh my God, yikes. Are they threatening us?
1: <laughs> well, the, the final sign we see is right beside the entrance. It says, be a client.
0: Yeah. Like it, it and like also above, like just outside the door and with, with, like uh, on the roof across from the bag is a bunch of guys with a minigun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just
1: like sandbag set up. It's like, yeah, this is just part of the bank security. They've got their like they've got a literal private military force.
0: Like full on. And and we see a security wagon coming into town with like the armored wagon. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. It might not I mean, be a thing, it but may it's not a thing, a thing. <laughs> It kind of feels like a Mad Max thing, and sort of like them doing Kinda. that. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, it's and it's got just like eight of their bounty colors. All of them are riding shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, that's terrifying. I would not want to go anywhere near that bank as a customer or as a robber. They, they, like...
1: Well, you have to. Because
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, there, you there's... know what's going
1: to happen if you go to the other bank?
0: They're going to get robbed. won't be safe. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's terrifying and then you go inside the bank and the bank is also frightening because it looks like a jail inside.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, is this a bank or a prison? There's like guards literally lining the walls like it's that the the office building from the Matrix.
0: Yeah. Uh it's I I I I mean I gotta grant them. It is secure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not secure enough. <laughs>
0: So Mox Sartana enters the bank. And like, of course, it isn't actually Sartana. We're, we're being faked out at the start here. Well, uh,
1: I didn't realize that right away. I just thought it was an interesting thematic choice. And then I was like, okay, he, he's collecting a bounty on some guys to get a bunch fair. of money out of this bank. That's the thing he does. He likes money.
0: True. Although I guess we never really have seen him collecting bounties, have we?
1: I don't know if we have, but it seems it it doesn't seem out of the ordinary for me. What what right. threw me off was his voice, actually. I was like, is that right. what he sounded like? I don't know. And his hair looks a little different, but
0: and it's the, the, weird. Sorry. No, that's fine. So please.
1: And it's weird that he's working with this gang and then offing his own gang.
0: Right. Yeah. So like, 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 like be, I would...
1: <laughs> full Joker.
0: Yeah, full joker. I, I was pr- I was sure pretty early on that it was not him. Uh but like it, it it's just that uh it, it it's uh where was I at? what was I going to say? Um uh I don't remember now. <laughs> uh but like yeah, he, he's Oh, yeah, there's a lot of things about him that seem weirdly assumed uh, in terms of his character and things that are known about him. Uh, And that when we're watching it kind of like, is that a thing that's known about him? I mean, I guess maybe. And then I think back to the previous movie and like, did I ever see him do that in the previous movie either? And like, I don't know. He mostly did the stuff with the pocket watch and he doesn't even have that in this. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Well, I guess.
0: The other guy has it at the end. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's right well that that happened episode 22 you see when they they least switched when they right. swap the watches
0: the characters have developed quite a bit since then and we just mm-hmm. don't have the episodes in between they're all lost
1: yeah like the the gambling dr- drum thing being a secret bullet cylinder in the thing it's not a secret anymore <laughs> everybody oh, fucking yeah. knows about that
0: it's it's like a collectible item that all the gamblers in Poker Falls be, like, rocking these. It's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. We're all rocking these cool poker dreidel gun cylinder things. They're great. It's like
1: the first time Batman busts out a Batarang. It's like, holy shit. But now it's like, oh, well, we know that Batman has, bat like, Bat boomerangs.
0: Yeah, and now everybody has their own variations on them. Or just, like, everybody has Batarangs. And, you know, Bruce Wayne's like, damn, I should have copyrighted that thing. But then... You know, how do I do that? Bruce Rain's he's not, not as smart as learned. Sartana. He's not as smart as Sartana. And like Sartana <laughs> is out there protecting that copyright. <laughs> he
1: is protecting his trademark so hard. Uh,
0: so uh, he he's claiming the bounty for Bill Cochran. And we see a wanted poster. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's what Bill Cochran looks like. Uh, the clerk does address him as Mr. Sartana for uh, it being something that you might like, oh, yeah, okay, Sartana.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's basically like, that's my name, Sartana. I, Sartana, <laughs> the one who I'm here, am the real Sartana.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and the clerk's like, I'm just going to check on the body. So he unwraps the blanket, and it is indeed Bill Callahan. He told the truth, but he's fully alive, and he's pointing a gun at the clerk.
1: But oh, good! A bunch of sold, uh, sorry bank guards, soldiers just just came in.
0: Well, no. First,
1: oh, he's no, like,
0: oh, "Well, uh, Bill, Bill Cochran's like, empty the safe." And the banker like just takes a step back, and he pulls the alarm oh, yeah. Right. He's just like eh, I'm just going to pull the alarm, and yeah, no, I'm not going to hesitate to that. <laughs> and yeah, a bunch of guards come in, and they're dressed just like the other guys. But
1: they're <laughs> nope, they're part of this this whole operation
0: they, and they you know, turn
1: on the guards that are lining the walls
0: yeah they they swivel around and they uh, massacre uh all of the real guards and it's a huge massacre oh, yeah. just like we had at the beginning of the first one but much less bloodless or much more bloodless like uh, that, that massacre at the start of the first one, I remember I was like, wow, that was intense, because like, so many people were just getting shot bloodily in the head.
1: Yeah, this one is a lot more um, gunshot sound falling down.
0: Yeah, and there, there's one that like I assumed this guy was dead until he showed up much later in the movie and was like, oh, I guess he survived that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and so another thing here in terms of the assumed characteristics of Sartana, he throws a colored smoke bomb at the vault. And this seems to be a known characteristic of Sartana. But I, I don't recall that being in the previous movie. It's
1: not. I'm, I'm pretty sure because he has to find out where the smoke came from. And yeah. it's, it's not a known characteristic. It's a known characteristic of freaking, what is it, like Dynamite
0: Bill? Butch Dynamite, that's a drag man (laughs) (laughs) That's great Uh, Yeah, we we never really meet Butch Dynamite But I I have to assume he's pretty flamboyant Oh, he must Uh, be uh, So uh, we see uh, Sartana, quote-unquote, reloading his special gun With the, you know, the the dice cylinder thing Yep, yep Uh, And, like, very deliberately leaving it behind, (laughs) 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 the the used one.
1: Oh, shucks, I, Sartana, have dropped my copyrighted Sartana gadget. Oh, I hope no one uses it to find out that I, Sartana, have robbed the bank.
0: Yeah. Uh, One thing that I do like in terms of the violence of this that that sort of gives it a, a different impact is... When people are shot, we'll often get a shot where the camera tilts and falls with them. Oh, yeah, that's
1: that's that's cool. I do like that.
0: It's kind of a fun, low-budget innovation to, to kind of make the camera more action-packed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I do feel like once you have all of this green and yellow smoke billowing around everywhere, you've got all of these guards in the same uniforms. It's pretty bloodless, but there's a lot of, like, zot and Zowie action! It does feel <laughs> Adam West Batman, like especially in this opening sequence.
1: What color is that smoke? Green smoke would be Riddler smoke. Pink smoke would be Joker smoke. Yellow smoke is that Eggman or King Tut? <laughs> Who uses yellow <laughs> smoke? King
0: Tut. Uh, isn't that isn't King Tut Vincent Price? I
1: think. uh Eggman is Vincent Price. Eggman King is Tut Vincent is somebody King else. Oh <sighs> yeah,
0: uh, like the the. Unbelievable murderers row of actors who played on the the West (laughs) Batman series. Yeah. Uh, So dynamite is thrown out. Someone dynamites the machine gun nest outside. And I presume this would be Sartana who did it because that's that's definitely one of his signatures. That's one we know. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) He loves the dynamite. Mm hmm. Uh, So they run off, uh, uh, they they make off with all the money, no one even pursues them, because uh, someone says, Sartana has the bank manager hostage.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Does he though? That's the thing, we don't, I
0: don't remember seeing that. He most certainly does not, but we won't really know of that until the very end, because he's the main baddie, as it turns out, way way at the end. Spoilers, the bank manager was, manager was... yeah, I don't really
1: understand like the whole scheme, just that somehow the bank manager did it and still had all the money at the end, and the other guy just got a hundred and forty thousand to buy the town from somewhere else.
0: He he wasn't he just bought the, the amusement park. Oh, uh, right. But yeah, uh it's it's very complicated.
1: <laughs> it's really complicated. <laughs> and like and then you throw in all the complicated backstories of these bounty hunters that were
0: all these people that he kinda... knows going way back yeah it it has a lot of the flavor of uh the quick and the dead it, actually it just there like...
1: is a lot of that there is a very much guy he wishes he was Gene Hackman
0: oh yeah absolutely and and like it it feels like the '66 Batman versus the '90s animated series Batman, uh, in, in the analogy of you know Quick and the Dead as '90s animated and this as '66 uh, Batman.
1: You know, yeah, because <laughs> I was thinking, it it does kind of remind me of that.
0: Hmm. Uh. So they we, we see them at the hideout. They're splitting up the thirty thousand dollars, or I guess it's three hundred thousand, right? That they're hundred. Yeah. yeah and, and a gunfight and breaks out.
1: Yeah, Sartana's face is still very intentionally now obscured, mm-hmm. uh like by a beam on uh, you know, a wooden board or something. And right. one of the guys, like Bill Cochran's like like they're talking about how we want to split up the money. Bill Cochran's like, Well, we should let Sartana over there decide <laughs> the real one.
0: Yeah. Uh, And yeah, gunfight breaks out. Everybody seemingly dies, but we'll later learn that Bill uh, is is uh, alive in jail somewhere.
1: So the interesting thing is that presumably this Sartana imposter should be as comparable in gun skill with Sartana. But we don't see that ever again.
0: When we find out who the
1: imposter is. And it's like, it's like this guy couldn't. Pulled
0: that off. Well, to be honest, I don't think we ever see that character pull a gun in the rest I don't of the think movie. we do. Uh so yeah, that that is sort of a plot hole perhaps. <laughs> maybe.
1: Maybe maybe he just happens to be really good with a gun and he's just
0: lazy. He could be really lazy or drunk because he seems to be drunk, drunk pretty much he's... the whole time they're talking to him in the town later.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh so uh yeah, every, Everybody seems to be killed off and we get this great newspaper headline which offers a 10,000 reward for Sartana dead in just huge block letters and then in really tiny writing that you can barely see or alive
1: <laughs> Like the most badass uh, police sketch
0: Oh, it looks like the poster for the movie
1: yeah, It's so good like, like, man, props to the artist who drew that
0: Oh, it's great and and we get a montage of people seeing uh, this headline. So uh, we, we've got uh, Shadow, uh, who we don't really know much about, and you see Klaus Kinski, of course.
1: And wasn't he in the first one, too, as a different character?
0: Yeah, he was the seemingly major bad guy. He was like the first one killed off.
1: Oh, the knife guy.
0: Yeah, the knife guy. Uh, and, and he was pretty cool in, in the previous one, and he's a very, very different character in this. And a very yeah, non-Klaus Kinski character. He's kind of cute.
1: Hm. Kind of. He he's like baby. He's like two face, but like one of the faces is a baby face, and the and other he, is a normal face.
0: Yeah, like it's it's very strange because Klaus Kinski, I know for being a very difficult and very strange man and strange actor. Uh, so it's so strange to see him. It's just like you know, kind of a a, a lovable. Uh, loser at cards he's just really bad at cards
1: <laughs> yeah but it's scarily competent uh, murder person
0: you get the feeling that he is or- better at it than sartana but like he's totally willing to just be bad at cards instead
1: <laughs> yep it's like well we'll talk about him because yeah, yeah comes up quite a bit
0: right so uh, initially here he we see him losing at cards so establishing what he does in every sequence, he's, he's bad at gambling and he's losing and he's, he's run out of money. And there's the the poster uh, and he <laughs> tears off the $10,000 reward uh, thing along the bottom. It's like, I'm going to how about you give me an advance on this $10,000 that I'm definitely going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, he doesn't get it. He sort of does, though. Yeah, a little bit. In a way, it, you know, he, he hangs on to that strip of paper and he makes use of it. That's true. So w- finally we get the real Sartana. And again, it's the only time in the movie where he kind of seems like his character from the previous movie.
1: Oh, yeah, he just, like, rides into, what is it, the...
0: This the bank the, manager. The hobo.
1: Oh, no, the bank manager, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the you, Sims, the bank manager... uh uh, Sartana shows up outside his house and he's kind of ghostly. He sort of seems to teleport at one point. Uh, there, there's that part where three candles get shot out. Like, the the <laughs> light of the candles gets shot off. And I have no idea from how or where. Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, no. But it, he makes that happen. So it, at this point, he seems supernatural. It's like, okay, this is the Sartana. That's about
1: right, but he doesn't do this ever again.
0: he just becomes uh, a detective for the rest of the movie he's got to solve this crime he's He's like this is a frame job he does have to clear his name he's got to protect his copyright (laughs) but yeah he he tells sims this is a frame job and i'm not gonna have you smearing my name Uh, i'm gonna get to the bottom of this personally
1: no but it was definitely you i saw a hat and cloak (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah and then he <laughs> he like puts his his clothes on the the manager and is like there you go now you're me. See how easy it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> I mean they they didn't have really photographs weren't that widespread. If you didn't know him you wouldn't know his face.
0: No, but like th- this is why it's dangerous to have a really iconic look <laughs> That's in true. in this sort of business. Uh like James Bond being extremely well known in as a spy. So uh then then we have the thing where he meets Buddy Ben.
1: So yeah, so Buddy Ben is a weird character who seems like an incompetent homeless drunk, but you also get the feeling that he's maybe the most competent one here
0: he seems very eerily sinister but he's also just extremely friendly like he wants to team up with everybody he's just like in a great mood except for just these two guys here
1: (laughs) oh yeah because because you know he just got out of jail and they got a grudge for
0: who knows no no they don't have a grudge he has a grudge against them they're the dudes who put him in jail
1: oh okay that's what it was
0: but like first he's just hanging out with uh who he calls the mayor (laughs) it's just it's this little ghost town and he has this other elderly drunk man who he has like designated the mayor of this ghost town to just kind of keep an eye on things for him
1: you were unanimously voted as mayor by me by me
0: Uh, and that's the coffin maker from the first one i thought
1: i thought so
0: yeah uh, so Sartana rides into town first before the the two guys, and he does this really. It's it it feels like a parody of uh, Eastwood dismounting the mule and fistful of dollars, but it's like the Hot Shots Part Deux version because <laughs> like he's he's riding in and he like he reaches up to like the hanging pole above a store and he spins. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: he spins like it's a parallel bar thing.
0: Does an acrobatic spin and leap, and he <laughs> shoots Ben's hat off. It's <laughs> like that felt really silly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's an instant contrast from him kind of teleporting into the bank manager's place with a gun to him. You know, spin, doing an acrobatic spin on a pole. Like, it, it really does feel like, is this hot shots? Uh, I mean, what what's happening here? Is this blazing saddles? It's
1: it's 66 Sartana.
0: It's 66 Sartana. Uh, so then the two riders come into town. Uh, he shoots them. Uh, uh, one of them survives initially and almost gets Ben in the back, and uh, Sartana shoots him. So you know, they're they're even. You know, it, it's clear that they're on the same side.
1: At least for now. I, for I now. honestly thought, there was a point I thought that maybe Ben could somehow have been the mastermind of all this.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody could potentially be suspicious. Because, like, right away, Ben is saying, like, oh, I mean, I'll work with you. Uh, but he, he does say that he was in jail during the robbery. Yeah. So... And and he says, like, oh yeah, no, I wanted to participate in that, but I, I couldn't because I was in jail.
1: Yeah, and Sartana's like, uh yeah, I'll believe you. That's good enough. I'm
0: like that that does make sense, that tracks. Uh and he tells Sartana to go see Butch Dynamite.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, and then he as Sartana leaves, the he says this the old man says this really great thing, like, uh so he doesn't have the three hundred thousand dollars on him and Ben's
0: like <laughs>
1: Not wow. at this moment.
0: <laughs> Not this moment. He'll get it. I, I'm <laughs> sure he'll work it out.
1: Spoiler alert: He does.
0: Yeah, someone stole it in his name, so he deserves to end up with it. I mean, yeah. he's got an he's he's got an image to protect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Sartana goes to Butch's cabin, and he finds Butch uh, having been hanged. Uh, it's made to sort of look like a suicide.
1: (laughs) It's pretty bad, though, because the stool he was supposedly standing on isn't high enough.
0: Like, obviously not high enough. He he turns it upright, and it's like a full foot below his feet, his dangling feet.
2: Yeah.
0: He's the world's greatest detective. Of course. Uh, And he, he, like, he finds some more evidence, and he, like, goes to the window to get, like, uh, a look at it in, in better light, and someone shoots at him.
1: Oh yeah, that was great, because it, like, it, I didn't even realize, this didn't feel like there was going to be a danger scene, it just mm. feels like an investigation scene, and then just suddenly, out of nowhere, gunshot. Uh,
0: and this is Shadow, who's one of the people we saw seeing the Wanted poster earlier. Uh, kind of a fun that... battle.
1: Yeah, he's he's a Native American guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh yeah. So I, I like Saratana doesn't have his gun because it's still on his horse, so he lassoes it from his <laughs> saddle. Uh,
1: he, he he does this trick a couple of times, but uh, in di- at different points. But this is the, this one works. Well, it doesn't but, work. Uh, or no, it doesn't work. It
0: doesn't work because uh, Shadow shoots the rope, and then the horse runs off immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he he throws one of his signature smoke bombs, <laughs> and <laughs> Wait, again, Oh sorry, go ahead. Which,
1: it's not his signature, is Butch Dynamite's signature. It's in Butch's.
0: I mean, I guess it's also Sartana's signature now. Uh,
1: Sartana would have black smoke, though.
0: I I would or say. His, I would say his signature is a uh, silly spinning because when what he does here is like he rolls. Oh, yeah, like he literally this, like, somersaults big... out, like acrobatic tumbleweeding out of there.
1: Yeah, yeah, doing like the whole dodge. Dodge rolling thing like if there was a car He'd slide across the hood
0: Oh yeah uh, And he, he shelters in some tall grass uh, He climbs up a tree And he uh, jumps down and gets the guy Shoots him Yeah, And he turns the, it over and it turns out He's just this old dude he knew
1: Yeah the, the tall grass chase scene I really liked
0: Yeah it was pretty good uh, You know uh, just a, a good Long sequence of him just sort of Popping up out of the grass and uh him getting into lower places where he he can be unseen
1: he he was allowed to be a little bit phantom like here a little
0: mm-hmm, a little bit uh and yeah so he gets him and it's like well why'd you do it i thought we were buds
1: <laughs> well one of the ten thousand dollars you know
0: yeah it's like i i really did need that money uh, so, I'm sorry, listen, uh, Bill Cochran was caught nearby at the town of Hot Iron, and he, he refers to him as your accomplice, Bill Cochran.
1: Oh, yeah, right, because he still thinks Sartana did it.
0: Yeah, and he he, he dies believing he, that Sartana actually did it.
1: Yeah, Sartana's like, I'm going to take you to a doctor. It's like, no. No,
0: no, it's not going to work. Sartana
1: either. doesn't miss.
0: Yeah. Uh, so and, and then uh he returns to Dynamite Butch's uh and and bends there and he's just like rolling the the body out the door. He's <laughs> like kicking it down the steps and he's like, Oh, look at that, he hung himself. What do you figure? <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of feels Watson-y here. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh so Sartana rides into town at night. And we see a horde of gunmen converge, and we see a lot of hordes of gunmen in this movie.
1: So many gunmen hordes, they're, and
0: it there's... never goes well for them. Never. Uh, you know, they're they're always looking for the bounty on Sartana. They're always gathering in these big hordes, and they don't realize they're operating on the ninja principle. Yep.
1: So it's like na 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 Sartana.
0: But he's not even there. Like oh yeah, right. they, they they surround the the horse and uh, they, then it just cuts inside and he's just already there at the poker table.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love that. The guys were like lo- looking out the window.
0: <laughs> most of and them like, left.
1: Yeah, most of them left. They're like, mm, this probably isn't Sartana. I bet this guy who just appeared at the poker table. Th- this is where the real
0: action is. It is. Uh, and,
1: and like people keep coming in. It's like, hey guys what are you doing you're missing it sartana's out there we're shooting him a whole bunch
0: well like no they they go up and they find that it's just a dead body because it's dynamite butch's body propped up on the horse in sartana's cloak and hat and sartana without the cloak and hat nobody recognizes him (laughs) (laughs) his coat's outside so who's this guy he he, like he even has his hat because he has a, a different version of it right yeah, uh, he, yeah he hides like when when he sits down at the table he puts the the signature gun down and puts the hat under it so that he can do some sleight of hand with it later
1: <laughs> well the one guy even said is like oh i've lost a sartana in poker enough uh, i know
0: his face right uh and he like the bartenders do recognize him and like they're gonna call the sheriff in and he shoots at them and like shoots up the bar a bit and then the gamblers are still like Huh, well, that was strange. But then they continue just like, oh, well, we'll play around, I guess. (laughs) Nothing strange about this, really.
1: (laughs) It would be rude not to at this Hmm. point.
0: This is the Old West. This is what you do.
1: (laughs) Well, care to play another hand? I really must be going, but it would be rude not
0: to. (laughs) So Sartana deals out the cards and he starts asking them about Bill Cochran. And they say, oh, yeah, I mean, he's just over here in the jail next door. Uh, and one of them finally addresses him as Mr. Sartana. Uh, and the the other people find, like, the, the dumb gunman who had come in from outside. He's like, oh, my God, it's Sartana. And he, like, starts to reach for his gun. And, like, it, it's, like, a, 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 almost a jump cut. And, and it's, like, Sartana with the trick gun at his head. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just lifts up the hat. It wasn't there.
0: Yeah uh and he's like okay you can call the sheriff in now (laughs) you know who i am and he kind of wants to get arrested now because he knows that that's where bill cochran is it's who he needs to talk to
1: yeah this is the easiest way to go to jail
0: yeah although he figures he may as well make some money first so he he wins (laughs) at cards he's got a straight flush
1: yeah Uh, but uh, the other guy cheated
0: did the did he or did the other guy? Because, like, all we know is that Sartana has a straight flush, and he's the second one to put it down. He says, well, that means there are five queens in this deck, because the other guy has a queen in his as well. Yeah, four had, queens. Yeah. Uh,
1: Sartana's so, like, if I'm cheating, I only use the queen of spades. <laughs>
0: well, and, like... He he gets up to leave because like you know he had the higher cheating hand if if uh, both of them were cheating. And, uh, I bet they're I both mean,
2: cheating actually. Sartana Let's can be real. do
0: yeah. Sartana can do some card tricks. Uh, and the guy accuses him finally as he's getting up to leave and he's like, "I'm not a cheat. I'm your undertaker." And he shoots all three of the people <laughs> at the table. <laughs> Just for just for the kick of it, because then the sheriff comes in and arrests him. and He's like, OK, <laughs> immediately surrenders. He wants to get into that jail, which I got to say, that is Joker behavior. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, it, it was the other guy who was Joker earlier, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, Buddy Ben is Robin, though, or somewhere between Robin and Commissioner Gordon.
0: <laughs> I mean he's he's so weathered and derelict I guess that's a little more like really drunk and washed up uh, uh, Gordon Yeah. so I perhaps the Gordon in the Batman uh, so Sartana lassos the ring of keys <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he, he he catches it on his hat so that he doesn't wake up the guard
0: yeah, he tosses the hat to just the right place so that he can like pull them off the table and land in the hat and then quietly pull the hat across without making uh, key dragging noises. It's brilliant.
1: Mm-hmm. Then he just knocks out the guard once he gets out.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he goes to talk to Cochrane, who is pretty badly wounded, and he's like, I'm ready to turn on the guy. Uh, but before he can say who did it, He's shot by someone using a telescopic sight from outside.
1: Yeah, I guess sniper rifles, were they a thing back then? I don't know. They must have been pretty rare, at
0: least. I think they would have been pretty uncommon, but, like, I'm sure sights existed. This is a guy who just has a telescopic sight, so yeah, I don't know. Uncommon in the Old West, for sure. Guns just weren't that precise.
1: No, (laughs) well... Someone who knows more than us about guns will probably... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Some, I don't know guns.
0: But but the only information he has is that... It, the only information Sartana is able to get from him is that the guy's in Poker Falls. Uh, and Poker the sheriff falls. comes in, and Sartana's like, all right, here, I, I, I didn't shoot Cochran. Uh, <laughs> here's the gun. You can see that it hasn't been fired.
1: Yeah, he's like, smell my gun.
0: Yeah. We see Kinski meet up with Ben. Uh, and Ben is like, oh, yeah, I'm into teaming up with you. That seems great. <laughs> he's he's pretty into all of that. Uh, and OK, so let's address the music thing here.
1: OK, so this so this is the one that you were thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Santa Claus is coming to town, like the first several bars of it.
0: It is exactly a cowpoke version of here comes santa claus because it's klaus kinski don't you get it <laughs> oh fuck off no Isn't way that terrible i hate it so much oh, it's so irritating the whole movie because uh, like you're sitting here listening it's like why am i hearing fucking cowpoke christmas music in this movie what is going on it's and, not like, christmas time there's no christmas happening yeah it took me to uh like i was listening to the commentary track and they mentioned it and it like oh, fucking that's why you sons of bitches i hate that so much
1: <laughs> but you know it feels like a 66 batman character theme like it does like all the villains had one
0: and, and like each of these guys do have their own little themes
1: oh that's the only one that i recognize because that's
0: right the one i that... mean it's it's so annoying <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it bothered me every time yeah, that's the one that bothered me. Yeah, yeah. Zokinski is then faced by a horde of gunmen. Again, you know that that's the typical gunman formation in this movie for maximum bloodless <laughs> massacre potential. Yep. <laughs> so they accuse him of shooting Cochran uh, because uh, they they figure he was the one who let Sartana out and all of that, and they're they're wanting to hang him. Uh, and he he pretty calmly just takes the sheriff hostage has everyone throw down their guns, uh, and someone reaches for their gun, and he pretty commonly demonstrates that he can draw way faster than any of them. Yeah, just then, shoots the
1: gun away from him.
0: Yeah, and then he he just like lets the hostage go and walks calmly to his horse and is like, I know no one's going to mess with me at this point. I've <laughs> proven myself. <laughs>
1: oh. Or he's gambling that they aren't going to.
0: No, it's he's, he's proven he can himself. On. True. Uh, but Sartana is off with the sheriff because the sheriff didn't like uh, uh, Hot Dead. As <laughs> that, that's as Klinsky's characters. character's
1: name is Hot Dead.
0: Hot Dead. There's some very strange character names in this. Uh, but yeah, he didn't let him out. Sartana is still with the sheriff. They they went yeah. to Mamacitas. <laughs> yep, like
1: a, I guess like a safe house or something.
0: It's like a safe house slash restaurant. Yeah. Because it says Mamacita's outside. Like, there's a logo. And they're, yeah, she's serving them food and stuff. Uh, and Sartana does a bunch of card tricks, and he, he manages to get the deputy's gun away uh, under the auspices of teaching him a trick.
1: Oh, yeah, right. The deputy is, like, like, ready to shoot Sartana, but he's just bewildered by these card tricks.
0: Yeah, and he he just, like, takes the gun away from him. And then he, you know, he 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 escapes, and uh, but he politely turns down Mamacita uh, for sex uh, before he's leaving. He's like, "Hey, you want to go upstairs?" And like, "Thanks, no, uh, I, I've I've got to go." <laughs> and, uh, appreciate the offer.
1: Well, it would be rude not to. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll talk about well, it would be rude not to in yeah. the next feature.
0: Uh, so we see Kinsky or Hot Dead, <laughs> which is such a bad name. <laughs>
1: That's
0: uh, a terrible name. I, yeah, I couldn't help but think of him as just Kinsky anyways. Uh, but he's playing cards while riding on a stagecoach, and like the lady next to him is pretending to be asleep.
1: Yeah, and she's like, but she's looking at his hand and then tapping the other dude's foot. Yeah, and he's... Kinski's just not happy.
0: Yeah, he he finally notices and he pulls the gun and puts the gun to the guy's head and he very slowly pulls the trigger all the way. He's like, I always keep an empty chamber. Gives me time to think. (laughs) (laughs) And before he shoots the guy again, the coach is attacked by a bunch of bandits and Kinski just very casually from inside with no effort shoots all of them. (laughs) Like, we don't even see his gun, it's just all of them die around the, the stagecoach.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they load up these eight bodies onto the top of it, and it's like, okay, we're going to Poker Falls now.
0: Yeah, like, he leans out and is like, load them up, that's a $2,000 bounty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know some of these guys. And he continues playing cards with the guy who's cheating. He's like, okay, no more tricks now. <laughs> You've seen I'm what I'm capable gonna of. just going to lose anyway. <laughs> he probably is. Uh, and this is where we get that incredible poker falls intro montage.
1: Oh yeah, so this is like this is like a Las Vegas intro, like from one of those movies where they go to Las Vegas and it's just all the flashing neon signs. But totally, they're just like animated signs flying across the screen.
0: Just these really great art-decorated uh, like casino signs, but you know not not neon because it's old west style. Yeah, but yeah, they're great, and they're totally unlike the, what we see on the actual buildings. Like oh, plum, uh, like on Red Baxter's amusement park. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, all the the actual signs are just amusement park, casino, in.
0: Yeah. But th- these signs are awesome. Like it, it's such a great little bit. Uh, and yeah. we, <laughs> as we come into town, we see a horde of gunmen getting together to take out Sartana. It's like, again, you guys, you, you just don't see the 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 problem with the way you're going about this.
1: <laughs> and, and let's say you did manage to get Sartana, that ten thousand dollars split one hundred ways is, you know, it's not that much.
0: It's not gonna go great, and and it's only ten thousand. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah. Uh, I mean... There's this really cool, eerie shot of a bunch of people converging at this church with a red light in the upper window.
1: Oh yeah, I like that. They're they're just talking, like whispering to each other, in the middle of gambling or whatever. It's like the service is about to begin, and I'm like, oh, we're we gonna see some stone
0: shit. Yeah, because it kind of, like, every little once in a while it sort of faints at the supernatural stuff and I kind of want more of that in this. Like, I I feel like I wanted a lot more of that and a little bit less of the silly stuff, but, I mean, I still enjoyed the silly stuff.
1: Yeah, I was hoping that this would lead more into the supernatural like uh, the second Scorpion movie did.
0: Right, totally.
1: But, uh, yeah, it went in a different way, but... Right. It's right. fine. I like
0: I it's still so I mean, yeah, it's still very fun. It's just a, a different flavor and not quite the flavor I was I was looking for, I guess. Yeah. Uh so the the in in this church, which is uh, more of just like a dueling space, the sheriff <laughs> is presiding over a duel. Yeah,
1: he's like, "Well, this duel's legal cuz I guess I'm the sheriff."
0: Yeah. And and someone <laughs> and has he's accused He's this
1: like dirty
0: drunk. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely not a real sheriff.
0: He looks very slimy. And uh, so someone has accused Baxter Red of running a crooked gambling joint.
1: Baxter Red wishes he was Gene Hackman's character in Quick of
0: the Dead.
1: 100%. He is trying so hard to be that guy.
0: He he is, like, wanting to be that character but falls so far short of it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. He, like, he actually he is, really sucks.
0: He isn't even worth killing, ultimately. <laughs> they only fake out that he died. Uh, so everyone places their bets. We see him drink a glass of milk. Baxter Red, that is.
1: That turns out to be his thing. He drinks That's a glass his of milk.
0: Which doesn't seem like... I, it doesn't really seem like a villain thing, but it doesn't seem like a cool guy thing. <laughs> uh,
1: just... It feels like it's like... All right, now give your character a quirk. It doesn't matter what. Just pick something random if you can't think of anything. Uh, He likes to drink milk.
0: Yeah, sure, great. Try something else. And so, like, he cheats. (laughs) He he draws a little too early on the count, and he shoots this other guy, Fisher. And Fisher's like, you cheated again! But, you know, he dies. (laughs) So there's, there's no one he can complain to.
1: Yeah. And, of course, Baxter... "Quote unquote," owns
0: the town, right? And and we sort of see that this—it's just this town that's completely composed of petty criminality. There's there's sort of nothing else there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we see this guy Omero Crown, who we we see uh, first shaving dice, uh, and and a gambler comes in to buy some trick dice from him. <laughs> I want the
1: good ones.
0: Oh, no, not ones. those ones—the
1: good ones.
0: And he very grudgingly. Trades his watch for him, for them. Uh, he like he he's uh, uh oh yeah because they're he he the he like too- pressures him into it. Yeah, yeah. And then he leaves, and Sartana shows up and shoots up the place. Because uh, Omero is the guy who made the gun dreidel or the you know the cylinder, the cool spinny thing.
1: <laughs> Only you could have made something like this.
0: It's like, oh, yeah, I make a ton of those. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like... like, I want to know the who bought the one that was left at that bank robbery. It's like, I don't know, man. Everybody buys these things. They're cool.
1: <laughs> it's They're... Sartana merchandise. you got to yeah. get out on the Sartana merchandise. How come you're not selling cats?
0: I kind of don't feel do sell for... my merchandise. <laughs> like, o- Omero is ultimately proven to be a part of this, but... It's weird, because he totally could have just not been.
1: <laughs> he feels like he was kind of forced into it, but... Maybe. The movie isn't sympathetic to him anyway.
0: Yeah. And, like, he's... I mean, he is a... Cro- he's crooked. They're all crooked. Oh, yes. It's the crooked I mean, he, town. he
1: manufactures trick
0: dice. <laughs> yeah.
1: For he, the trick dice casino.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, like... Uh, Sartana's throwing darts at him. <laughs> and finally, he's like, Look, uh, this Baxter Red bought a few of them. You could talk to him. He owns the casino across the way.
1: Or uh, the amusement park, which the I thought was going to be an amusement park.
0: Right. It's just a casino called Amusement Park.
1: Amusement Park.
0: It's just not, like not in not big one of those black cool. letters.
1: <laughs> not one of those cool signs that we saw going by.
0: No, it is a a yellow building with amusement park in heavy black block letters over the door.
1: About as fun looking as the Northwest Bank.
0: Yeah, I mean similar. Uh, as and uh, like a gunman comes in, Sartana darts him through the palm, which is fun. <laughs> and then he goes to visit the casino or uh, the amusement park per se. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he he engages Baxter Red in conversation, and he's like, oh yeah, check out this painting above the bar. And this bar, like this painting is definitely like a, a replica of a classical Renaissance painting. There's like a wood nymph and shit.
1: Yeah, it's one of those kind of things.
0: But they have the weirdest conversation about it. Because Sartana's like, is that your mother? <laughs> No, it's my wife. No, it's my wife. And he's like, and I killed the painter and my wife because they ran off together. I was like, you guys couldn't, like, just get a painting of a lady? Because this is obviously not a painting of this dude's wife. Seems to be backstory you're giving, but that's absurd.
1: It's like, okay, Gene Hackman.
0: Yeah. Uh, And he's challenging Sartana to a hand of poker, and he's like... I'll just watch, thanks. I, I'm aware this place is crooked. <laughs>
1: Fine, you're allowed to do whatever you want, I guess.
0: And he, like, walks around and he sees that the roulette wheel is very obviously rigged, that the guy's got, like, a foot pedal to stop it when he wants to. Yep. So uh, he throws a knife through the guy's foot before he can hit the stop pedal and <laughs> wins a bunch of money. He's <laughs> got to do it winning a bunch of money. It, like, he oh, watches of it. He watches everybody lose a bunch of money first, just so he can see how it works. I mean, he can't do it if he's not making money. Well,
1: no, he's not trying to expose. He just wants to make the money. Exposing the cheating gambling, that's just a secondary thing.
0: It's, it's icing on the cake.
1: Yeah. And then Red's like, oh, well, the house will pay you what it owes. Reluctantly.
0: He he actually does pay him double because he really wants him to leave. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, grudgingly as well. Uh, yeah. But but then there's this other gambler who complains about, like, why does Sartana get the money and I don't?
1: <laughs> I bet on the same number as him. And Red's just like, no, you didn't.
0: He brushes all of his chips off the table and starts stepping on his hands. Like, <laughs> bro, you are not Sartana. You do not have the clout. <laughs>
1: Remember, this is this is my town and I own it because I'm the best, fastest, best gun guy.
0: (laughs) Uh, So we see uh, Omero Crown get attacked by a couple of thugs in the dark because uh, they say he promised that Sartana would never come to Poker Falls. And they're pissed off at him about it.
1: How on earth could this guy have made that promise?
0: Well, like, absolutely, because this seems like exactly the sort of place that Sartana would show up in.
1: It's like, like, this, Sartana would probably live here if he could, if he wasn't, you know, a wanderer.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't necessary for him to kill towns full of corruption like this as yeah. sort of a, a part of his character. Uh, this is my favorite building in town. He checks into French Hotel. <laughs> 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 I love French Hotel. <laughs> like it's you you haven't seen Alphaville, right? The Alphaville is this great sixties French uh lo-fi sci fi. <laughs> um
1: no, that doesn't ring a bell.
0: It's just like it's like a noir movie. It's this dude who's just like driving around France as a detective in like an old car, but like he calls the car his spaceship and shit. It, it feels like <laughs> this is doing that but like all of the signs we saw are supposed to represent what those buildings actually are but we're just seeing the generic versions of them <laughs> uh,
1: like, uh, like when Romeo and Juliet are talking about their swords but they pull out yeah, their guns
0: absolutely. with sword written on them yeah so French hotel yeah just a blue <laughs> building with the big, big block letters that say French hotel on it uh, and, and the clerk is Asian oh and yeah yeah, that's right. And like he sends him up with the bellboy, quote unquote, who's just a gunman, of course. He's they're all gunmen. Very
1: obviously a gunman.
0: And Sartana makes the guy go into the room ahead of him, and he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots the gunman, and then like starts ringing the bell really angrily. And like the the clerk from the front desk comes out. He's like, "Take that trash out! You're a liar! You said this was a clean hotel." <laughs>
1: and he's like, "Well, hey, hey." In fairness, how how did you know that the guy was going to try to shoot you in there? That's not cool, man.
0: That you (laughs) knew. That's that's just totally unfair, dude. Uh, The sheriff comes to see him. Yeah, the sheriff comes to see him about this shooting, and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I can see that this is justified. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, you're fighting people who are trying to kill you. I'm used to that. The whole town's corrupt, by the way." Uh I'm corrupt by the way. <laughs> he he's completely upfront about his own corruption. He's like, Oh yeah, I I'm totally full of shit too. Sorry. Just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Sartana is asking him about Cochrane. Uh and Sheriff is like, Well, he worked for a bouncer or he worked for the judge as a bouncer, uh, which is what most people do in this town. It's it's the easiest position. Most people are bouncers for the judge
1: yeah you know judge corrupt judge needs a lot of thugs mean, yeah, bouncers absolutely. rather
0: yeah bouncers uh, is is and we we see the bouncer training in a little bit uh first we we see kinski riding into town with the stagecoach with all the bodies on the roof which is great and then yeah, yeah bouncer tryouts.
1: oh yeah so they're they're just saying like uh
0: you guys weren't supposed
1: to be bringing the stagecoach into town. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, this guy kind of made us do it.
0: Yeah, this guy kind of, he's the sort of guy you do what he says. Uh, And then, yeah, uh, bouncer tryouts consist of uh, the judge's top guy just standing there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you need to punch me in the face as hard as you can. Yeah, and if they're able to phase him, then they're hired. <laughs> the first yeah. guy is not successful, and then Sartana is the second guy, and he very easily knocks the tough guy out. And then he pulls out a big wad of Northwestern Bank uh, bills as his bona fides. It's like, hey, and look at judge this. The
1: appears to be the only person in the world who doesn't know who Sartana is.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh he's like, "Well, I got this from Bill Cochrane. Do you know if he's got any other friends around here and a great line from the judge. There is no such thing as a friend in Poker Falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, God,
1: you pedantic fuck.
0: who does he hang out with yeah just i i I'm looking for associates uh you you obviously know what I meant you <laughs> you grammar Nazi." So Sartana steps out and we see a horde of gunmen getting into place. And this is a really great action sequence. He swings into the back of a covered wagon and takes off during the the gunfighter takes off. We
1: got like the camera in the back of the wagon.
0: And he's like taking them out from the back from like with a shotgun. He gets like eight dudes.
1: Yeah, like this one.
0: And Omero, he's like, he mustn't get away. Uh sartana gets off a wagon onto a roof and like from the roof he shoots five riders after him uh then he he manages to get pinned down by a group of dudes and there's the bit with the wagon wheel
1: oh yeah right so he he finds this wagon wheel sitting there and he's got some of his signature dynamite i guess
0: I would say that that is one that's something authentic because he did use dynamite quite a bit in the first movie.
1: Uh, you know that's true. Yeah, yeah, which he stuffs into the wagon wheel hole and just sends it rolling, and they're like, "Huh, oh, wagon wheel."
0: Well, it gets to them and explodes. Pretty great. <laughs> yep. uh, and and he does a couple uh, dynamite tricks. He sets some up and like shelters behind some junk, and then when he stops shooting, they think they got him and come to investigate. It's very stupid. Uh, they get blown up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he dives through a window. He shoots the three dudes who like are outside. Uh, but then it turns out like he turns around and he's in amusement park. <laughs> and Omero's there with the shotgun. Yep. Uh, and but... he, he has the drop on him and he's going to shoot him. But hot dead saves the day. Yeah. So how
1: did, I can't remember. Does he make an entrance or was he already there?
0: I think he was probably already there, but, like, I I don't think there's really any entrance. It's just uh, Omero is shot, and it, it like, cuts, and there's Kinski.
1: Right, right. And he just wants to go back to the slot machines.
0: Well, he said, well, I'm here to collect on that bounty, but he immediately starts playing the slot machines uh, while he's having this discussion. Because he's he's a total gambling addict.
1: (laughs) Oh, totally. Like, maybe one of the, maybe one of the worst ones and he's talking about oh gosh what's he saying here oh yeah he's... his hang up is like well i owe you a bunch of money from losing to you in gambling and i can't kill you without paying that back because otherwise people will think i killed you to run out on the debt
0: yeah it's like i i owe you this 5 grand and i i really don't want people to think that i killed you over a debt that that sucks so here I, I i don't really know how to resolve this and Sartana's like okay well a double or nothing bet uh we'll we'll cut cards if if hot dead wins the debt's canceled and we can have our duel and, and uh, if sartana if,
1: wins he just owes him twice as much
0: yeah if sartana wins you owe me ten thousand dollars uh and so they cut cards sartana does win with ace high and but <laughs> it looks shoots. like a three to me.
1: Yeah, I love that. He shoots it like perfectly to make it look like a three of whatever.
0: A three of spades or whatever, yeah. And you know, uh Sartana pulls out his little four barrel gun and, and he's like, I never knew you to be a cheater. It's like, just joking, just playing around. Uh it's like, I you know. I, I guess we're even now. He he pulls out the shred of paper that says the $10,000 bounty. Like, I'm not going to take this bounty. So we're even. Uh, my $10,000 debt is canceled. <laughs> I kind of feel like this was his whole thing. He never had any intention of killing Sartana. He was just kind of figuring a way to clear that debt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now he's still indebted to the other guy.
0: I guess so. <laughs> but, like, who knows? Is he ever going to see that guy again? probably not probably not uh so sartana shoots a slot machine and it pays off for kinski so he gets a bunch of money as a reward for being a friend you brought me luck (laughs) you brought me
1: luck he's like so happy he's on the verge of tears
0: Yeah, and that's like the last we see of him like he has a real happy ending in this movie yeah he just walks out of the movie yeah and outside, a fake Sartana rides into town.
1: Oh, but this isn't the
0: fake no, Sartana. This, this is just... This is a fake-out fake Sartana.
1: A fake fake Sartana. You can tell because his clothes are dirty. Yes.
0: and, and Sartana he,
1: can roll in the dirt and be
0: fine. He doesn't get dirty. Of course. He's magical. His clothes have magical properties of uh, copyright protection. Mm. And... He, uh, the, the fake Sartana is right in town and he sees the hat at the barbershop, uh, the distinctive hat. Again, dangerous to be really distinctive in the Old West. Yep. But it works out for him here because the, the guy goes in and he says, I am death. Turn and face me. <laughs> and the, the rando who's actually in the chair is like, Are you talking to me? <laughs>
1: Buddy, man, I'm just here for a haircut. And, and the hat on the rack isn't on a rack. It's on Sartana.
0: Yeah, it's just him over there. And he's like, <laughs> nope, he's talking to me. And he shoots him.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, another mini boss down.
0: Yeah, and we, we see the judge seeing this outside and going to French Hotel, uh, which because uh, he's going to go search Sartana's room uh, while he's distracted by... Uh, <laughs> this guy who's his, his little revenge plot that i had completely forgotten about you, you were saying earlier it's like oh a revenge plot and I'm like what <laughs> yeah
1: yeah like the guy who
0: ends well, you up were with watching it
1: the watch apparently in episode 34 he ended up with the watch that uh, sartana had from the first movie so Somehow. there's like
0: multiple revenge plots involved here, and it's just like, really? <laughs> yeah, like kill, some you of killed these guys my are... the the guys like you killed my brother Slim Shotgun.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's, that's a different thing that uh, I forgot about Slim Shotgun. Because... Slim
0: Shotgun is almost as silly a name as Hot Dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Slim Shotgun. You yes, signed the real Shotgun. All the other Slim Shotguns are just. <laughs> Shotguns. Shotguns.
0: Uh, and sartana's like i'm sorry i've never even heard of that dude <laughs> slim shotgun i i mean i think i'd remember and the guy's like that pig lied to me <laughs> <laughs> this is just like a fake out this is some random dude
1: yeah he's not even here for the bounty he's here for this
0: thing that didn't even happen yeah, well, like, Slim Shotgun is involved in this, as it turns out, though. Uh, because, like, so first they go back to the room, or, or actually the judge is searching through Sartana's room, but Ben is waiting in the closet for him.
1: Oh, yeah, because Ben's been following him around the whole time.
0: Right. And they, they just kick the judge out. And it's like, well, if he's looking for the money, he can't be our guy because our guy has the money and knows we don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> So we can rule him out. It's, he's a crooked judge, but he's not our crooked judge, so whatever. Just
1: a regular crooked judge. We yeah. might have to deal with him later in, like, some other movie, but not well,
0: this. Probably, time. probably. Uh, so in, in further investigation, they find Slim Shotgun, <laughs> Slim Shotgun's grave, and his shotgun with the scope.
1: So he was the guy who uh, killed Bill Cochran then?
0: presumably yeah because i mean the guy's name is slim shotgun and he has this super shotgun so i mean i i assume it's supposed to be him and sartana sends ben to harass the roulette guy some more over at baxter reds <laughs> oh yeah
1: right he's he's using the roulette wheel to grind his knuckles that's an he's just, like holding
0: thing. it on him yeah it's great <laughs> and, and the guy says he he gives some background. So uh Baxter Red bought the place from Tracy Three Aces for a hundred and fifty thousand. Which is
1: uh, half of the take from the bank that's, robbery.
0: That's half the take from the bank robbery. Where could uh, he have got that money? Where did that come from? And uh I don't know, cause uh he it's not part of the three hundred thousand. <laughs> or yeah, maybe
1: just seems like he just got it from somewhere else.
0: I but think it's still he did related get it. to the plot. It's, it is all related. I, I think Sartana just extorts the money, even that was already spent. Uh oh, but it like, could be. Sartana goes to see the sheriff, and he drops 30 coins in his bath, like, like Judas was given. <laughs> and he's like, why did you kill Slim Shotgun? Because he knows that the sheriff is the one who killed him. And he's like, well all right, uh, Baxter Red paid me to do it. He gave me a grand. I was like, okay, well, set me up a duel with this Baxter Red.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's actually really easy to do. We've got this whole infrastructure in place for duels. It's actually really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of working up to maybe being this town where it's duel town, but, I mean, we're not even close to that. Baxter Red is just not living up to his end of the deal. Uh, <laughs>
1: How many people does Baxter Red usually have to put a knife in my back? Three or four, depends who you are.
0: He's like, at least two. Uh, he's like, okay, you know, th- that'll that be helpful information to help figure this out. And and we, we see Baxter Red and all of his gunmen lying in wait in a stable in the dark, <laughs> waiting for him to arrive. And this is kind of a cool thing, because this is an- another one of them that sort of Calls back to the first one because he's kind of using slasher movie silent kills here.
1: Oh yeah, where he gets the throwing knives.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and he he's like just he he, people are he just gets
1: falling an, over.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, totally bloodless, but uh, it, it's kind of fun. Like they're going down with knives. He gets an an organ playing, so like they're distracted by the music on one end. Like it's a a player organ
1: well it's it's not a player organ it's buddy is like inside it or behind it I guess uh,
0: but there,
1: I was, yeah I was wondering about that I was like okay the yeah, organ's really a nice know. touch but
0: it doesn't no fit one's with playing anything
1: it. else in the, it doesn't Magic. fit with anything else in this movie though uh,
0: there, there's a part where he lassos someone and hangs them upside down in the middle and then gets everyone else to shoot him which was fun <laughs>
1: uh, good old Sartana snare
0: trap once a movie it seems like you gotta do it and he, he only pulls out the gun to get the last two of them and he he exterminates everyone but Baxter Red and Ben and Sartana both surround Baxter and there, there's this weird bit where Sartana like puts the gun in his mouth and he's like scream scream louder and then it, it cuts and we hear a gunshot so we're bonsai. to assume that he's been shot in the head yeah he's yeah, yeah. Banzai,
1: <laughs> Bonsai
0: Bonsai uh At Baxter Red's place, Sartana goes in and he's calling for the main baddie. Like, Degeo, come out here. and Like, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Degeo? Who? What? Uh, Uh, Sartana. I
0: I, I love that Degeo, he he like walks down the stairs like, I just got here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Is this guy supposed to be our fake Sartana? He's
0: not. He isn't. He's like, I guess you, Sartana's like, well, I guess you've come to kill me. And I love this guy's line. He's like, yes it'll be the greatest face-off in the history of the West. <laughs> utterly stone-faced, like, I don't think that's true. And Sartana's line is the most <laughs> baffling thing to me at this point, because I feel like we've had so many fake Sartanas already. It's like, we're just pawns. There's someone else behind all this. Like, what? <laughs> There's more people behind this. How deep does this conspiracy go?
1: But the guy's like, yeah, well, I don't care if we are pawns, whatever.
0: Yeah, and he's got the pocket watch and everything, and he goes through his whole rigmarole about that.
1: Yeah, th- this is a revenge plot, too.
0: Yeah, th- this one's also revenge. I'm going to count to ten and see you in hell, perhaps. Farewell, Sartana. And and we see, as he's counting, someone's looking through the eyes of the painting over the bar. <laughs> yeah,
1: the the painting of the dude's supposedly wife
0: <laughs> uh and uh you know obviously sartana just wins the draw and kills Degao he falls over the roulette table and splashes chips everywhere so it's it's yeah. you know it's it's a great image but like it's 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 hardly the greatest face off in the history of the west
1: <laughs> it, it's like that scene from endgame where it's like you killed all of this this and that i don't even know who you are
0: yeah uh and so as he's dying, or no, no, uh, uh, so he dies, and then Ben comes in, and he puts his hands up, Sartana turns, and he looks like he's going to shoot him, and then he shoots the painting, and the sheriff falls dead out of the, or falls out of the painting, dying.
1: Yeah, so our drunken sheriff was the fake Sartana.
0: He was the fake Sartana. I. That's hard to believe. It's
1: really hard to believe, I mean, I guess he, we just never seen him sober except for that one time.
0: I guess so, because he must have just been having a lot of fun since then and, and not really considering his... Uh, not propping up his skills as a gunman, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, apparently he never, he's the one who told Baxter Red to... or Baxter Red told him to... I'm not really sure who got who involved.
0: I don't know, because like, I guess... If he was able to kill slim shotgun, maybe he's a pretty good gunman when he's not hammered. Well, he
1: killed everybody in that stable at the beginning.
0: that's true he He was able to do it. It's just we he, it does not seem in character for anything else we see of him as the sheriff not at all, but yeah, Baxter red comes in he's like, yep, the sheriff planned everything. He's the one who bought the place uh and it's like, okay, well, I guess everything's all figured out. And Ben's like, well, I mean, I can't get that $300,000, so I guess I'll just take the $10,000 bounty. And he turns around and he shoots Sartana. Yep. <laughs> and we get this amazing spinning headline, comes in, Death of Sartana in Poker Falls Shooting. <laughs> this is a hell of a fake out again, too. It's like, oh, holy shit. This one, this one
1: kind of got me because <laughs> shooting Sartana for the $10,000 does seem like something that this Ben guy would do.
0: Right, because he seems shady through the whole movie. As friendly as he is, and as much as he wants to help everyone, that never seems trustworthy in a Western.
1: He very clearly wants to help Sartana because he knows that Sartana will get the money, and if he helps, he might get some of it. Yeah. That's his whole motivation for helping anybody.
0: Yeah. And so Ben rides up to the bank president's office, and he's got Sartana's body with him. Uh, And he uh, the, the bank president's like, all right, I'll pay out the bounty and then obviously Sartana gets up and puts a gun to his head. <laughs> they're they're you know they're they're style biting the guys who style bit them. Turnabout yes, is fair it's play. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh and he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll have that $300,000 now." <laughs> Uh, and they make him write a letter to the judge admitting that he stole and spent all of the $300,000 <laughs> and that Sartana is totally innocent and absolves him of all guilt. Like, you'll obviously have to go to jail for this, but I'll tell you, it's better than us killing you for it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. And and I love what they say when, when they're riding off. It's like, so... If you're not the one who robbed the bank How come you kept the money? And Sartana literally says Come on
0: (laughs) come (laughs) (laughs) The money's already stolen, right? Bruh, bruh (laughs) (laughs) Give it back To a bank? (sighs) Jeez, I mean that seems unlikely (laughs) I mean it's the bad guy bank It is the bad guy bank They're a very bad bank Uh, So yeah, they leave with the money The end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep.
1: a uh, fun movie. I it's a lot of I fun. liked the first one a lot better, honestly. I
0: agree. Totally agree. Uh, uh I like this one's fun, but it's a totally different tone.
1: <laughs> I was I was way more like into it. Like I was way more into the series as a whole at the end of the first one than I was at the end of the second one.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and like it's it's fun, but it's uh like it's so much sillier. <laughs> Whereas like the, there was a weird intensity to the first one that was kind of uh, original and unique. Because like we'd seen Fistful, and then you go to this one where it's like the violence is considerably amplified. This one it's scaled back a lot. It feels almost Disneyfied. In yeah, a weird like sort of it way. feels
1: like it's like okay, we gotta we're gonna make her like it feels like a made for TV Sartana.
0: It really does. Well, like not even made for TV, but like part of a series of made for TV specials where like we've missed a bunch because like he seems like a really different character from when we last saw him, even though it's the same actor.
1: Yeah, and it feels like a bunch of character development happened. He definitely went on different adventures that that come up. I mean, we know he goes on different adventures, but the other adventures that we didn't see will come up in this one.
0: The the weirdest thing is just that he's got all of these friends and is well-known, and, and that's so weird for any Western hero. Like, I'm so used to, especially in these spaghetti Westerns, where they just ride in out of the dust and nobody knows who they are.
1: Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. mysterious. But he's like, alright, well, somebody's pretending to be me. First I'll interrogate the Joker, then I'll go see what the Riddlers do and see if it was yeah. him. And uh, after that, it's like, oh, already down to the puzzler. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, it's the phantasm.
0: The phantasm. So, that being the case, uh, do we want to watch Sartanas Here trade your pistol for a coffin? Uh, Mm. Next, or The Ipcress File, which is the first of the Michael Caine Harry Palmer films. Uh, Sort of uh, contrast to the Bond series that Michael Caine did in the uh, 60s, which are like a much more down-to-earth spy where he's like... Kinda just this Cockney Con man who's gotten a job with the government and is really good at talking people into shit. <laughs> hmm.
1: Uh well I'm reading the back of the next Sartana one and it, it looks like uh oh yeah, right, and it, it's a different actor you were saying.
0: Yeah, this this uh, is a new guy. Yeah,
1: our debonair anti hero arrives in a is he an anti hero?
0: I mean in the first one I would say he is.
1: Yeah, I he, I guess, he still I guess he in technically still
0: he, he steals all the money.
1: He does keep all the money, but, you know, he stole it from a bank, so that's not really bad. It depends. And it's a bad guy bank.
0: It is a bad guy bank. Very bad guy bank. Uh,
1: yeah, so he arrives in a mining town and quickly involves himself in the backstabbings, double crossings, surrounding a stolen shipment of gold. Oh, it's another one of those. Uh, but he's not the only stranger in town. Uh a, a white-clad gunman with a fondness for quoting Shakespeare and tennis and oh my god. Um ensures the situation will be even more complicated for Sartana. Is is
0: this gonna be our
1: our egghead villain?
0: It kind of sounds like <laughs> sounds it sounds yeah. like it might be. And and uh, it's another one like from I, I read it before and it does it definitely sounds like once again he is a detective uh investigating a case in the old west again.
1: Yeah. Um well we can always come back to Sartana. It's 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 not going anywhere.
0: Oh let's, yeah, let's
1: uh, let's put this Michael Caine thing up next.
0: All right, Ipcrest file, uh, a very interesting movie. It is one I've seen before, but it's pretty cool, and it's part of I think there were three of them, uh, and it's a it's a box set of those, uh, and they're <laughs> cool. they get progressively zanier, and the 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 last one, Billion Dollar Brain by Kurt Russell, is or Kurt Russell, Ken Russell, is a <laughs> uh, very strange movie.
1: All right okay Sounds well interesting.
0: yeah so any last thoughts on our second sartana film before we move on to part two
1: um no i think i think i'm ready for i think i'm ready for the next one because i think there's going to be a lot to say
0: i think there may be all right on to part two oh plum opening up <laughs> part two. uh and we're back for part two, or have we always been here for part two? Uh, it is 1962's *The Exterminating Angel* from director Luis Bunuel. Uh, Bunuel, very important director. He's one of the original surrealists. Oh. He was like one of the one of the dudes involved in the original movement. Uh, he, he his first film. Uh, Un Chien Andalou was a collaboration with Salvador Dali. It's about dream imagery. So important things to know going into this movie is that he is a classical surrealist and his stuff is, it's supposed to be interpretable, but is not supposed to have one dominant interpretation. Like it's meant to be something that you pick at and project and sort of uh, see in your own way. Well... uh...
1: Good, because I've got a couple of interpretations of this movie, and it can't be all of them.
0: <laughs> it can <laughs> it's like, be. like, if
1: it's one, well, I it's mean, supposed they, they, to be. they contradict with each other, but, it's, right. but it works.
0: <laughs> For me, a big part of it is definitely the church, and especially with the stinger, I think that's one of the intended uh, targets of this. Um, but there's a yeah, lot of things.
1: Because it opens up with just a long shot of the front of a church. Right, where very little of almost none of the movie takes place in this church maybe like nope. two minutes are in the church
0: right uh but, but it's uh, it's tough to get out of the church i mean you you and you, I mean, you got to go to church
1: you got to go to church every sunday you, ha- you got to and you got to sit nobody wants to sit through the whole thing but what can you do right
0: you it's what you're supposed in the to
1: middle. do it's what you do
0: Uh, Yeah, and and I I feel like that's definitely a big part of it. And and just not even just the going every day, but just the uh, involved with the morality of the church and uh, following church doctrine in your entire life uh, instead of, you know, uh, living by virtues or whatever, like personal virtues and uh, deciding what's best in a given moment. But yeah, I, I feel like that's a big part of it because that's, a constant target Louis Buñuel has like being familiar with his work he takes some shots at the catholic church quite regularly no that, just just that, a little bit you know but He's the got catholic a little... church is blameless <laughs> the catholic church certainly feels blameless uh that's yeah, what and, they want you to think like it's a it's it's a big part of his work is sort of satirizing that and like his previous film viridiana has a lot of that (laughs) uh and and this one yeah it it only really slots it home at the end but the end really it's like oh oh i see
1: (laughs) the last like 30 seconds of this movie I was I was already like super into this movie, like really hit with the themes. But then the last thirty seconds of it just completely elevates it, in my opinion. I think I even remember.
0: (laughs) Totally agree. Yeah.
1: uh, Mentioning like after I watched it, like, oh well, I love this part. Where not sure what's a great movie. There's only about thirty seconds left, but I'm confident in. Holy shit.
0: You were saying to me, it was like, oh, that was an interesting, that was kind of an odd ending with them all at church. And I was like, or is it? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. What did I say? I'm like, wait a second. It's not over. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the best ending yeah. to a movie ever.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's so good. It really moves it up a level. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, of course, we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, th- this is, like, it, it's sort of, it, it's linear but not linear because it's totally a. Eth- thematic film like it's 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 a nightmare movie it's it's
1: uh well yeah it's like the collective nightmare one interpretation i had is Mm, that mm. it's the collective nightmare of about 20 people and all of their anxieties just manifesting themselves in this room
0: there's certainly an element of that and and like dreams are a big part of surrealism like uh i i andalu is supposed to be based on a bunch of images from Dali and Bunuel's actual dreams. Although some of it is very clearly aimed at the church. <laughs> Cause like so what one of the central images in Unshen Andalu is there's this bit where there's this person who's walking really heavily and we see that like behind them they've got all these chains and the chains are like there's all these suitcases and luggage. And there's like a bunch of priests, and there's a couple dead donkeys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and you know, there, there's obviously the metaphor of them just like being weighed down by all of this literal baggage and chains and the church. Uh, and like you know, that carries through to this. This is all of these people are so weighted down by uh, their responsibilities and their in ch- the church and uh, social. Ah, uh, what 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 would be the word? Um, social niceties. Social obligations. Uh, social obligations oh is good.
1: Yeah, I don't. There's a term for it that I saw on the tip of my tongue, but of course now that I need to say it, it's not there.
0: But like particularly of a a very specific high class variety where uh there there's a, a particular amount of etiquette involved, like really so, high. Yeah, etiquette.
1: etiquette. That's what it is. It's like well we don't want to do this thing but it would be impolite to refuse
0: yeah uh and uh, what, one of the other things about the movie is just a a, a looseness of reality that the real <laughs> wow plum is not happy tonight <laughs>
1: no I, I opened up the the boot room so cuz oh. that's the coolest room of the like right. the the least hot room of the whole house
0: and she likes and to so yell in there good good acoustics
1: well i'm not in there
0: right but like she can go yell in there <laughs> yeah
1: she can yell in there and she wants me to be in there there's that, excellent that is what acoustic she wants there. she wants me to, oh yeah <laughs> but i i can't record in there because it's going to be echoey as shit
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> well that's fine we, we'll have her punctuation uh so uh what was i saying uh, the, yeah the the jaggedness of reality around this movie is that like there's this uh, uh there there are all the, these little hints around the edges that things are weird Before things get weird?
1: Yeah, it takes a... You you don't start to realize anything's really up until about, like, 30 minutes in. Otherwise, it's like, okay, well, this is just a... little bit of a weird dinner party, but whatever. Yeah. Am am I supposed to care about all these characters? And, ultimately, I didn't.
0: No, and I feel like you kind of aren't. Uh, uh, These are typical Bunuel characters. He'll get just a bunch of rich people... Uh, who are supposed to be very high class And through the course of the movie He will show them to be very low class indeed <laughs> Like that, That's kind of his, his, his deal it's a, yeah. His favorite thing to do I, I
1: tried to keep track of who was who And what everybody's deal was And I there's gave so up many after of
0: like them. <laughs> five
1: people And, so many goddamn and it answers. turns out the five people Well there's 20 yeah. Plus the the people who left at the beginning um
0: the servants. Yeah, <laughs> servants mass exodus they're they're out of there
1: yeah see i think this could also be a metaphor for the rapture or why people think the rapture is such a terrible thing but uh we'll, we'll get into
0: that too absolutely yeah i don't know if that was I, it I'm might not sure. have been but i i don't know when that. Th- theory like the sort of modern understanding of the rapture i don't know when that kind of came about like i feel like that's kind of a modern american christian movement
1: oh really i I I thought that was like an old
0: old thing i mean the basic concept of it exists but in terms of the the modern movement of it like the left behind novels and stuff like all of that comes from a much more recent strain uh but i'm not sure where exactly but yeah i'm I'm interested to hear your your take regarding that, cause i i mean the, the rapture is certainly a thing in like uh the Bible or or like certain elements relating to that
1: yeah, so well let's set the scene
0: because mm, yeah, yeah
1: the the middle isn't so much important like the bits and bobs of what happens in the middle aren't as important as the overall arcing thing, but setting the scene is important here we've got uh we've got the outside of this. We just see the gate first of this like fancy, presumably fancy manor, really fancy gate anyway. And this huge. one sur-
0: huge, looks like gate. a really big place. Yeah,
1: uh, and you can't is. see over it.
0: Over you can't see wall. over it, and like it's big and voluminous enough that uh, you you wouldn't be able to hear someone in the house in a room.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not
0: from outdoors.
1: Um, yeah. But we don't see any of that. We just see the gate itself and we see our first servant to leave, Lucas, and he's being reprimanded by the butler. Like, well, what are you doing? You can't leave. We've got a guest. We've You've got, got this 20 fucking,
0: people coming here. We've
1: got this fucking dinner party happening. Oh, yeah, you're right. It would be really bad if I leave. Look, please just I, I really need to go take a walk right now. I'll be back really quick.
0: Yeah, I okay. just need to go for a walk. That's all.
1: Yeah, but I need to do it right this freaking second. Apparently,
0: yeah.
1: um, it's like, well, okay, if you leave, you're never setting foot in this house again. Oh well.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, okay. That. <laughs> I guess that's how it is. <laughs> like uh, shame. I mean, that's literally what I was going to do. I was quitting. Uh, but uh, yeah, every that that is sort of the the main thing in the background is that. Nobody wants to work these days. Uh, Nobody that...
1: wants to work anymore.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> In fact, they even say, like, they even say a variant of that. At they some do. Point, like,
0: well, there's uh, that uh, one lady who has some opinions. <laughs> on, oh, fuck. <laughs> on the less fortunate. Uh, we'll, we'll get to her later. She's yeah. The
1: worst. <sighs> yeah, so the, the head butler guy come is back, and he's, like, talking to the the other servants is like lucas just fucking quit like right now in the middle of this thing oh that sucks anyway oh, hey, we geez. gotta go
0: <laughs> yeah like uh that, that's interesting because uh, we also are quitting how, how about that it's like you've got to be shitting me
1: <laughs> and the cook's like i'll stay behind and finish all the food but man i ain't serving it
0: yeah i gotta that's leave not my, my job.
1: sister is sick or something
0: yeah, I got things to do. I don't know. Uh, uh, things are getting weird around this house. I don't know if you've noticed.
1: Yeah, I'm leaving because his sister's sick.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Great. Well, I guess I'll just bustle this entire 20-person dinner party myself.
0: And he does. And then does. he's sort of absent for most of the, like, he, I, like, I think he serves the food and then he is away. But like, yeah, he, like he comes back, like he's there the next I've, morning.
1: Yeah, no, I, I've I've written down what he does because what he does is different from everybody else.
0: He's a very so, important character. He's he, I feel, is the most tragic character in the movie. I kind of feel bad for this guy.
1: Yeah, this guy. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> so the the two uh, housekeeper ladies are the are the next ones to leave, and they're about to. And they're about to go, but oh my god! All the dinner guests are arriving through the door right now. Well, they can't leave while all these guests are coming in, so they gotta hide. And our host guy, whose name I didn't write down because there's an Eduardo and Edmundo and and Ed something else. I, <laughs> I didn't get anyone's names. Cr- I mean, I got a lot of names, but I didn't get anybody's names correct.
0: There's Ed one, Ed two, and Ed three.
1: There's at least three different Eds, and I think two of them are in ben- Edmondo.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah, well, so like,
1: they're...
0: But when it, is it the, the lady of the house talking to the women in the kitchen? And is that when they have, like, the sheep there and the bear?
1: Oh, that that's not till later.
0: Okay. The, so there's still a couple. Uh, uh, so yeah. those are the two that are hiding.
1: The These are the two that are hiding okay. while the guests arrive. Right. The, right. the other, nobody else is left yet except for Lucas. Okay. These two are the next ones to go. Um, so, yeah, they, he's like, the host, Ed, some, Ed one, Ed host, is like, huh, Lucas isn't here. Oh, well, um, uh, I'll, take the, I'll get the coats taken. Everybody just go upstairs. So then the ladies are like, oh, good. They went upstairs. <laughs> so this is the first bit that I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, so they open up the door, and the same fucking scene plays out to the point where I literally <laughs> thought the disc skipped. But yeah. like the the ladies are reacting just a little bit differently, and they're like, the same people are arriving through the front door again, and like, hey, where's Lucas? What the okay, I guess he's not here. Oh well, let's all go upstairs. Coats will be taken up there, and the yeah. ladies are like, okay, we gotta get the fuck out of here now.
0: Yeah, like it, it's like they're in the Matrix. Then that they've seen. That's the, exactly the cat what it's lit. like. Yes, <laughs> it's like. Oh shit, deja vu. That means agents are coming. We gotta get out of here.
1: Or exterminating angels.
0: I don't <laughs> yeah. quite
1: know what the exterminating angel refers to.
0: Well, it's th- this is a thing from the Bible. Uh, I, I I think it's uh, sort of like uh, I th- this might relate to uh, what, what is the final book? Uh, you, know, you get the wrath again. Of- yeah, yeah this is Revelation. is the Apocalypse. Yeah, I think it's related and... to that shit. Look, I I don't have a good history with religion. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Um... I have a very negative history with childhood religion. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, if I I've talked the... about it before.
1: <laughs> uh, I I'm not sure. Not sure if we mm. have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like to me, the Four Horsemen of the po- Apocalypse are. Um, well, James Hetfield, uh, Lars Ulrich, were they the were they known as the Four Horsemen at one
0: point? Probably. I mean, they have a song called Four Horsemen. That might bottles. be what
1: I'm thinking of. Um, that
0: was when they were cool. <laughs> yeah. Back uh, in the 80s.
1: Back in the 80s. And then a lot of things happened uh, and are still happening, apparently.
0: Oh, sure. It was way, way back in the 1980s. anyway but
1: back to the 60s so two waiters are still there in addition to the head butler and the cooks and we've got like the the guests are sat down they're like chatting with each other we're getting to know them Uh, i started i tried to write down some of their banter but it's it's not important
0: no it, it really doesn't make a difference it's mostly just establishing that they're all awful
1: yeah they're all awful it's like well, here's the snob who. Here's the snob who is an American. Here's the snob who thinks that that girl being a virgin is perverse. Uh, here's the snob who wants to fuck the other snob so badly that it's their only character trait.
0: Yeah, that, that's uh, here's a the whole snob Who's
1: a doctor?
0: And notably, uh, their their story ends when they finally succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, who. Who's that one lady who... What, what's her speech about how she just doesn't like the poor?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm not even sure which one that is. Because uh, I know there's one that they call the Valkyrie because she's a troublemaker. I think it's her. It could... Could be. There's Bianca who plays the piano. Mm. Um, one lady spends most of the time, like, unconscious and hysterical. One old guy is, like, two minutes away from death. There's a snob with an ulcer. There's a snob who looks like Jughead from Riverdale. (laughs) None of their individual shit doesn't matter. Just that they're awful people and they're all just putting up a front. And after any amount of time, you know that once the cracks break, these people all actually are going to hate each other.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't even seem like they like each other that much to begin with, although they are having a lovely party.
1: They're having a lovely party, but, you know, you have to be civil at a lovely party. Otherwise, well, they'll think you're a
0: bore. It's not a lovely party without simmering resentment underneath. Oh, of course. I mean, especially with the upper classes. Uh, and, and, like, yeah, it, it's got this very strange... Uh, it, it, it is just, like, you're introduced to a bunch of them and you see them say awful things to and about each other and it, it's it it's just like this gradual reveal like all of these people are horrible i kind of want them to die <laughs> I, I don't care if they get out of this situation and they're not in a situation they're at a dinner party so it's yeah. just so wild that it then tr- like it. it's like this is one of my many theories about it it's like this is what uh, Bunuel knows the audience wants, and this uh, situation is like, well, the audience is causing them to be trapped here forever because they hate them so much.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, I never thought about that one, but I like it.
0: And they're, like their like this is actually very successful on Broadway too. They've done a Broadway version. Of oh, this would translate
1: well into something like a like a stage play
0: actually yeah or like I mean, I, you I only think, need one set right and yeah I, I think maybe in the uk or something i was i was reading in like uh a very successful run in like recently like four or five years ago
1: oh cool cool um yeah that would that would work really well i i'd go see that Oh hell! In my acting days, I'd be in that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, experimental theater—it would be a very interesting piece. <laughs> it's like very Brechtian.
1: So here's a next little bit of uh, sense that something's not quite right. Uh, our head guy, Edmundo, I guess, Eduardo. No, one he of them. And gives, he gives a toast, and first he's like, "Oh, we're doing this whole thing. Thanks, Lucia, for being the host, and Sylvia." For something that she did that's presumably the reason we're having this whole dinner party. And everyone's like, here, here. And then he gets up and tries to get the exact same toast again, and nobody is listening. And he's like, oh, well, okay, I <laughs> guess. And, like, it, it just feels like...
0: He specifically it's another, is... Already trapped in a loop. Like, there is already something surrounding him that, like, he is maybe the source of the disturbance and it's radiating out from him somehow. Well, it
1: could. I have. At first, I was like, he's a victim just like anyone else. And I'm like, is he? Watching it a second time, I was like, he unintentionally caused a lot of the problems, actually.
0: Well, yeah, like, um, he seems to be the one who's broken. He's kind of acting like a broken robot, but reality is breaking around him to accommodate him because he's so wealthy and important.
1: Yeah, so um, so the butler brings out the hors d'oeuvres, but, oh, he trips and falls. Oh, it's so funny.
0: <laughs> Everyone finds it very amusing because Except, it's funny when bad things happen to poor people. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Servants, fuck them. But, you know, the old man who's two seconds away from death is like, I didn't find this funny in the slightest. And Lucia's like, oh, shit. So she goes back into the kitchen and she says to the head butler, it's like, okay, he doesn't have a sense of humor. Call off the tiny bear and the (laughs) camera pans to this tiny bear. It's like, okay, so I guess I'm putting it back in the garden. Yes. And uh, what should I do with the sheep, ma'am? And then we see the, all these sheep like under a table it's like oh yeah put them in the garden too
0: see my read on this wasn't her like clearing those out I don't feel like this necessarily was a prank I think she just like went in there and then saw all of this stuff and was like get this stuff out of here we've already got people mad at me what the hell is this doing here like this is another thing that feels like reality kind of breaking around the edges like they've just got a bear and some sheep in here and like, get those out of here. What is this? What I'm having an important dinner party. And it's like, Oh yeah, we're quitting lady. It's like, well, excuse me. You're yeah, not it, quitting. And like, Oh, we absolutely are.
1: That's yeah. That's it. Cause here's where the, the, uh, here's where the cooks leave. They're like, yeah, no, my sister is really sick. Yeah. Uh, his sister's really sick. Yeah. So we got to go. Yeah. I got to go see his sister. Well, if you guys quit, you're fired. Okay, well, I guess we better go. Hold on. Shouldn't we get our stuff first? We won't be allowed to come back and get it. No, we got to go.
0: He's like, no, th- th- things are closing down. You don't understand.
1: <laughs> and the head butler's like, okay, ma'am, some really strange shit is going on. Um. Do- first, he says, domestic help grows more impertinent by the day, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, our nobody wants to work uh Yeah, speech. exactly. And then the two other waiters uh, sneak out in a hurry, unseen by anybody.
0: Right. So uh, we're down to just the butler now.
1: Yeah, just the butler's got to run this whole dinner party. Uh, But, uh, you know, the the cook was nice enough to have all the food ready. You just got to bring it out.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know.
0: It's still a lovely party. It's even more intimate because they don't have all these servants around.
1: Oh, oh, gosh, no servants. That's like a rich person's dream, kind of.
2: <laughs> but not quite.
1: <laughs> kind of. They they want to be served, but they don't want servants. Yeah. Unless you can, spe- unless there's servants like specifically there to be spit on or whatever.
0: Well, like robot servants would be really ideal.
1: Well, you know, a lot of them do get off on, you know, putting a boot on boot on the foot of a servant.
0: Oh, they're like certainly in these, yeah. At this time, that that was pretty accepted. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, depending on where you're at.
1: Yeah. So um, the Valkyrie lady just grabs an ashtray and throws it through a window. And on the second viewing, I still don't know why. And nobody really reacts to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just one person's just to like,
1: do. oh, that's just her being weird. She's a firecracker. That one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, and it's a sign of like a severe mental disorder. Like a normal person would not randomly do this at a high scale dinner party. But again, in this environment, like I mean, you know, she's got her quirks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's
1: she. She's like the Zooey Deschanel of uh, who was the manic pixie dream girl of a while ago. I don't even know who it is anymore. But that's what she. That's what they think she is.
0: Right. Yeah. I I can't remember. I'm I'm trying to think of who, who, but I can't. It's not coming to me. I
1: don't know. I don't think it's Zendaya. No. Yeah. So so we meet more of our guys. Uh, I just got these two written down as the horny couple. Right. Because they're like, like I said before, their whole thing is they just really want to fuck really bad. And the fact that they can't right now is the biggest thing that's wrong with their lives.
0: They're at this party and they can't go bone. It's such a drag and there's all these people here. And like this party just keeps dragging on
1: and dragging on. Um, Yeah. So we've got lots more scenes of like just small talk. These people just kind of being awful. The doctor like, oh, yes, you're lovely. You're going to make a full recovery. She'll actually be dead in six months. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm one of the good guys. Sure. Because I'm civilized. And, yeah, so uh, here's where we get an important scene where Bianca's playing the piano. Oh, right. Two or three of our guys are stonemasons.
0: Of course. Yeah, they're they're doing their secret handshakes and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, what laundry are you in? It's a secret.
0: Shut up. (laughs) The stone cutters. Uh,
1: One lady has dead pigeon feet in her purse. Um, well,
0: yeah, voodoo material. Yeah, yeah, this is some <laughs> Haitian voodoo stuff.
1: Yeah, she she's like, I wasn't paying attention to her until like near the end of the second watching, but it's like mm. she's kind of a witch. She's witch. She thinks she is.
0: Yeah. There there is a lot of woo woo stuff in upper class circles. That's why you got a, a lot of overlap with woo woo and like crazy anti vax and all of that. Like that well, that's, that's sort of like the big infestation on the West Coast here.
1: But yeah, she uh, she finishes up her song and everyone's like, "Oh, wow, that was amazing. Delightful. Oh, please play another one. Play another one." And Bianca's like, "Oh, well, you know, it's late and I'm tired." Yeah, so the host tells the butler to go get everybody's coats ready. Yep. Uh, this one guy who's a, a an orchestra conductor has already had too much to drink, and he's passed out on the couch. And, you know, other people have also had too much to drink.
0: And yeah, and a lot of people are sleepy. Asleep. And the party just kind of doesn't end up ending.
1: Yeah, and somebody like comes up to Bianca and is just like, "Weren't you leaving?" It's like, "Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I got delayed. I was talking to this person. Anyway, I can't find my shawl." Uh,
0: Yeah, and and like things are missing. Nobody can quite like. Everybody keeps getting distracted on the point of leaving. Like all of them are talking about leaving, but none of them are able to go through with it. And one of my other theories on this movie is very straightforward and very like directly satirical. Is that without the servants to show them out. They don't know how to leave. <laughs>
1: that is honestly kind of one of the possible takes. It's like well, I think that's I one to, of the big things. I need my coat. Um, it's it's weird. I don't know what happens. I don't know what's going on. I can't leave without my coat. I told the servant to get the coat, but yeah, now the coat isn't on coat? my body. Yeah. Something. What happens in between me telling the servant to get the coat and the coat becoming on my body? I can't think and, of it.
0: Yeah, they're, they're just, like, totally lost. Uh, and and they can't get out of the room. But, like, we never... we It's still, at this point, nobody is aware of being trapped in the room. Because uh, they just don't go. Like, uh, they have yeah, lots of just, excuses not to.
1: Well, it's like that... As an introverted person, I feel this every time I'm at a party and uh, I'm not... The one driving myself home,
2: mm.
1: it it always kind of like if it's a if it's like a big party and not like a social gathering of like two or three people, it's right. always like oh we're just on our way out oh hey you I'll chat with you actually a little bit and I'm like oh, I guess I'm here for another ten minutes
0: yeah and th- this is kind of that in a lot yeah of it, it's at like that phase right now in in the upper class way where you kind of have a lot of social convention tied up in all of it
1: yeah yeah like. It's like oh well I didn't say I didn't specifically thank the host For the this that And I can't leave before doing that The the, uh, the horny couple Sneak off to try to kiss Like behind a curtain and they're like Why aren't they leaving
0: and I'm like, Why aren't you
1: leaving You <laughs> yeah. guys are horny you should be running to that fucking hotel room
0: Right and that's the thing that they keep Doing is they're they're all talking About why nobody else is leaving But like no one has the initiative Themselves to do so
1: yeah, there there's a few lines that are very Nobody uh, Okay, I I'm gonna this thought's gonna brew a little bit before I figure out how to word it. But in the meantime, um the guy the, the host guy is like, Okay, well um since you know it's really late, why don't I offer you all have as many rooms made up as you need, uh for you guys to stay night? oh, well, we couldn't possibly, we, we'll just actually spend another 10 minutes denying, uh, declining your polite request while acknowledging that it's polite. And, you know, got to yeah, do that whole
0: thing. Y- you got to have the whole rigmarole again. And through the, like, already a few people are asleep. Like, people are starting to fall asleep and all the couches and the chairs and are, are all just sort of clustered around the room.
1: Yeah, and... uh and, and the butler actually goes and turns off the lights and one of the guys is like, Oh wow, this is getting really serious. They've turned off the lights. We should <laughs> probably we really should it, go. Shouldn't we? And, and like the host and his wife are like sitting there like, like, I can't, I can't believe these people are just crashing on my couches. How fucking presumptuous. I mean, they literally say, well, that guy's an American. So I understand his excuse.
0: Right, I definitely feel that it is significant that an American is the one who breaches the social cues here. That, like, he is uh, the one that's like, okay, the, the American did it, so we can follow this lead. He, he's, he's uh you know, he's from a young country, they're brash it's, and weird. Uh, you
1: know, their culture is different, so we gotta yeah. respect their culture of crashing on people's couches I guess
0: I, I, don't I don't know I don't feel that it's anything to do with respecting cultures I think it's much more of well he's a boorish American and uh, we we kind of it, it, it's our duty as high class people to make him feel comfortable and not feel uh uh like he's been rude so we'll just follow his lead and make oh. it seem like it was normal
1: yeah, that's that's exactly what that's even that's exactly what he says. It's like, well, y- you know, they're being rude and they'll be ashamed of themselves in the morning when they wake up. But as yeah. good hosts, it's our responsibility to make sure they don't feel ashamed. So, why don't we just crash on the floor too with them? That just, is clearly the correct solution here.
0: We we just can't acknowledge that anything's weird and it'll be totally fine and everything will work itself out.
1: Yeah. um, Now we're at 5am and the horny couple are all like the the lady's like, does does this feel normal to you? And the guy's like, well, you know life is strange and amusing.
0: (laughs) That's true. He's got her there.
1: (laughs) So the next day which you know, the sun comes up, so it's really like three hours later, yeah, at most.
0: Well, time uh, no longer really has any meaning for these people, as it will turn out.
1: Yeah, but right now we're still pretending it does. Right. And the hosts are like, "Well, they're all still here and still not leaving. I guess you know we need to I guess we need to make them breakfast, don't we?
0: I, I guess so.
1: That I mean, yeah. Otherwise, it would be rude not to offer breakfast. And like we, and then we even have one lady like hey, what do they, do these people even eat breakfast here? Like, come on, how are they not offering us breakfast?
0: Yeah, what the heck? Uh, And the one butler is still around. I've been thinking about it while we've been talking about it. Right, he
1: doesn't crash in the room with everyone else. He's in the dining room, sleeps at the dining room table.
0: And he's summoned here. uh, And he he is able to go and, like, he's summoned not into the room, but, like, uh, the the guy tells him to go make coffee for everyone. And, yeah. like, whatever else he can scrounge up, because, you know, uh, they're just, you know, the, he, there's no kitchen staff to rely on. So I, I think about the butler, because I've been thinking a bit about this while we've been talking about it. Uh, I, I feel like he is stuck here in that he is the highest class like, he is above all of the other staff. He's, like, the the top butler who's in charge of everyone else, which puts him apart from the common people. Uh, and he is able to get pulled into the upper-class orbit as a result because he has fallen in, like, he is on their side. Like, he is no yeah. longer on the side of the other people, the, the common people.
1: It's like the middle manager kissing up to corporate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that's why he is cursed. Like that's that's what pulls him into this.
1: I don't want to be one of those nobodies who want to work anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so he's a shill. Is is what I was, like he, he is a shill and and like he just doesn't know it and it, like eventually I feel like he's the only really sim- semi-sympathetic character is like he's aware later on of the situation that he's in and that he is different from these people and that he's still trapped in the situation and he kinda has more survival skills than they do, having <laughs> actually lived through problems in his life.
1: Yeah. Uh actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, we've got like like people are waking up, they're they're all not done up and stuff. And one guy, or one guy's jughead sister says to him like, "Oh, you know, it's not too bad. The disheveled look suits you." And then the horny girl is like, "Oh, I look awful. I all my makeups run off." And and the horny guy's like, "Oh, well, you know, the disheveled look suits you." And Jughead's like, "Hey, nice eavesdropping,
0: asshole." <laughs> yeah, everyone's been snipey They're they're back in like they've. A a, a bit of the social niceties have worn off over the night. Like, by them having spent the night here, a lot of social convention has already been breached. So they've kind of started to get a little not nice with each other.
1: We're going to go full Lord of the Flies later.
0: yeah, of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like, we're we're getting to that point. The social mask cannot last forever.
0: No. It it's not meant to. It And it starts slipping very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: yeah, so like the butler's saying how well I can't make breakfast. The groceries haven't even shown up yet. Not yeah. even the milk. No, not the milk, you know, which come to think of it is kind of strange.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Uh it seems like nobody uh is coming in here.
1: Yeah. So when are the cooks coming back? Oh I don't think they are. I don't think anyone is. Yeah, I think the thing
0: about that is they all quit. <laughs> they don't like you. There's an issue.
1: Yeah, or and it's like, well, you actually fired most of them.
0: Yeah, most of them quit. were fired. But they were they were quitting anyway, so it was like, okay, dude, whatever you want to call it. Goodbye.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so so the old guy overnight had I guess had a heart attack and the doctor finds him and everyone's like, Oh my god, he had a heart attack, he's unconscious. Uh, put him in one of the rooms upstairs, and the doctor's like, "No, don't move him."
0: Yeah, you can't move him.
1: And the doctor's like, "Well, you know, he's only got a few hours to live."
0: Yeah, it's like, well, we gotta wait out this old guy dying, I guess. We should <laughs> yeah, just stick around. And anyway, <laughs> hey, coffee's here. Hey, coffee.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> right. Right. Um, they like a bunch of people are about, like, uh, some girls are about to leave, but they stop at the. Edge of the room to just start chatting some more, and the stonecutters are like, "Watch! I bet they won't leave. I bet they'll stay here." And it's, and it's like, "Oh wow, shit! Yeah, they're not leaving." Well, how come you stayed here? Well, I kept quiet out of courtesy. Oh well, you know me too. I didn't want to be rude. You really should make an effort to leave. Oh hey, coffee! And, like this is like, the exact moment that the coffee yeah. shows up. It's like,
0: it's like oh, Ooh, coffee though
1: well it would be rude to leave when they just brought coffee out let's sit down and have our
0: coffee and it's both it would be rude and i could really use some coffee it's been a weird night
1: yeah i've I've gone through a lot and you know i got a, a lot of these guys actually have big days ahead of them today one person's like i've got a test to or like i've got a class to teach in a few hours
0: yeah, well, like most of them have stuff to do, like they're, like, they're business has people. One
1: children who are with a babysitter right now.
0: Yeah, with or with a nanny or something. Or I the think deacon. they show up later. Yeah, yeah, they it's show the up later. right.
1: Yeah, and that that turns out to be a bit of a thing. But you know, oh no, there's no spoons. Julio, why didn't you bring spoons? Oh, ma'am, okay, I'm sorry. I'll I'll get spoons. So he goes to the edge of the room, but then he's like, wait i have to do my butlerly duty um i'm just leaving to go to the kitchen would you like any cold cuts or anything would you like anything would you like and they're like julio fuck off with this shit get Get the fucking spoons
0: he's like ah it's the damnedest thing i just i can't i prefer not to
1: (laughs) yeah and like he gets to the edge of the room and he just kind of sits down he's got like this he, he's got, like, this thousand-yard stare. Bianca's also sitting in a chair at the edge of the room, and she's just crying.
0: Yeah, like, they're they're the first ones who kind of seem like they have realized the situation that they're in, that they are trapped. And it's, it's a very interesting sort of thing, because no one ever says that they're trapped. Like, they, yeah. they never actually come out and say that this is happening.
1: No, the 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 only thing they'll do is like they'll refer to it as you know, this weird situation we find ourselves in. Right. i don't want to be rude and call it anything else. Yeah. Um so there's this huge rainstorm going on outside right now. And people are pacing inside the room and you know getting like grumpy grumpy the old man the doctor announces that the old man is going into a coma so people are like okay we really need to make an effort to leave <laughs> after you oh no i yeah. insist after you
0: yeah uh and it, it's it, like it, it takes a while for things to really start to break down but like we sort of just jump forward in time
1: yeah like we're we're getting to the We're at the 24 hour mark. Somebody's like, it's 24 hours. How come nobody has come to get us? And I'm actually just picturing like the Lionel, you know, the Lionel Hutzkiff where he's imagining the world without lawyers and (laughs) just everybody with like rainbows and stuff. All these people are stuck in this house, all these high society people. Why are how is the world getting by without them? (laughs)
0: Although it's really interesting when we do see What's happening outside
1: Yeah it's not what I expected uh, What's going on outside And uh, yeah like some of the people are like Actually you know what it does concern me That nobody outside has made any Attempt to contact us And one guy's like Yeah, Maybe they're all dead The apocalypse (laughs) happened or something (laughs) And like now people are panicking And screaming and stuff
0: Now it's scary to leave the room (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep. and then somebody's like well why did all the servants just quit without notice two minutes before this happened it's and like Julio's, nobody wants to
0: work these days
1: Well, no her, Julio's just like you know they they didn't seem to know either the right. julio the head butler
0: yeah he's the only one who has a little bit of insight into what was happening because they are completely oblivious to everything happening around them
1: yeah yeah i mean the host guy is still like huh lucas didn't take the coats
0: weird yeah that's weird i don't know what's going on everybody's still here <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes him like longer than anyone else to clue in that things are really strange
1: yeah i think he, he's not helping because he keeps being like oh well i can't be rude to these people i'll offer them more shit that social conventions dictate they will not be able to decline properly
0: he's a very cheerful host <laughs> He.
1: He has an incredible beard. I don't like beards, but his is, like, perfect.
0: It's pretty excellent.
1: Yeah, so, like, this one guy is like, oh, well, you know what? This is all your fault. You led us here. And another guy's like, I could have been in a brothel right now.
2: <laughs>
1: and, like, yeah. And it's blazing all, could be, sure. They, then like, yeah, some of the guys start turning on him, and one of the ladies just slaps the guy who's attacking the host. hmm and the old man who is about to die mumbles, "I'm happy I won't live to see the extermination."
0: Ooh, you so know, that's like that—that like, that sort ominous. of suggests that we might see an angel come to deliver uh, uh, justice to these people at the end. It's not a thing that happens, isn't it? Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's already happening. It—it it kind of feels maybe like we're in the justice. midst of it.
1: Oh, where? Yeah. Like, like, this could be an interpretation of how I feel like this is how modern Christians who believe in the rapture think it would go. Well, like, but the different people are are left behind than who they thought was going to be.
0: Okay, you're right. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, like it's it's them being uh, uh, rochambeau by by the rapture. They thought uh, they were the the pious ones, and that it was gonna happen Yeah, but it's like but no, we were the it
1: ones were was all who were the working class behind.
0: people who were were serving them. Who, and uh, we
1: have to, we're going through all this hell that we thought was going to happen to all the other people. Right, it could be that. Yeah, yeah. Could but that. then your thing about the rapture then it, being,
0: yeah, I think like, the rapture comes later, and also then we do see what's going on with people outside. There. Yeah.
1: And, and like your thing about the, that idea of the rapture being a more modern invention, possibly. I
0: believe so. I'm, I'm not 100% on that, though. Like, I'm sure there was definitely some sort of interpretation of the rapture. So I, I do think that that is something that they're thinking of here and that these guys are maybe considering. Because like, like there, that there is a lot what, of. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I won't be here for the extermination. Whatever.
1: Yeah, and like the horny couple is like, well, you know. Since we can't fuck, I might as well die, too. Right. (laughs) And they just like and then they just start making out. And the guy who's like on the same coach as them is like, okay, I guess I'll move.
0: All right. Yeah. Again, social conventions breaking down. They're doing this publicly now.
1: But like some people are trying to keep it up. It's like, well, I don't want to embarrass them in front of all these people.
0: Right, but like it's it's a spiral, uh, an avalanche of Ugh. conventions breaking. So like oh, it, yeah. it keeps coming apart more and more.
1: Yeah. So so the host grabs blank like starts grabbing blankets from the closet. Um, so they have access to the closets, I guess, but they can't or won't. I wonder. I, I don't know if they're trapped or if they're. It's so
0: well. The, this 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 room has all these secret panels in it and there's these little closets that they can get into. Cause like, there's also that curtained off sort of like back section where there's a bed. Uh, and I, I think they've just got like a lot of stuff built into the walls of this room. It's a big room.
1: It is a big room. Um, Feels small with all these people lying on the floor, but you know,
0: it's 20 people. That's a lot it, of people for one. Yeah. Word. and. And, like, you know, they can still all gather in one area of the room, even. Uh, and, and like, there's the bad room, the room where you do bad stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Which is the yes. closet. It's one of the closets.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, while everyone was asleep, the old man died, and the doctor's like, well, what are we going to do with his body? It's going to really upset people once they wake up. Oh, we should leave and get rid of the body. We can't. You can't just leave. When everyone's How'd asleep, we they'll wonder where we went. <laughs> That'd be rude. Let's put the body in a closet. Oh, good
0: call. Yeah, they they put the body in the closet, which is also the bathroom closet. And I, I think it has been established as the bathroom closet by this point.
1: I think so. Um, there, there's like
0: a long sequence of we just see people one by one going in there.
1: Yeah, but... I don't know if it's an actual bathroom, because like, the first time we see the Valkyrie going in, it's just a bunch of
0: vases. Right. So are they just well, shitting in these vases? Yes, that is what I think, that they are using <laughs> the, the vases to poop in and uh, pee in. Yes, I think that, that is exactly the point.
1: Actually, kind of, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else, but yeah, I don't see a special bathroom being... Attached to this room, you got to do your business. Way the fuck out somewhere else.
0: You got to go down
1: like so many flights of stairs to get to a bathroom, I bet.
0: But you can't here. You can't right now. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, that's what they're doing. And I, 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 like, they had a conversation about feeling the wind below or something when, when going, and it's like they're, it's it's this weird fantasy they're having because they're sitting in. Uh,
1: uh, I, I think they're pretending they're like in an outhouse. It's like, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw an eagle flying 40 feet below right. through the hole. Yeah. We're on top of a sheer cliff. Yeah. Or maybe that is what they saw. Who knows? Maybe. I,
0: I feel Some like of these we people are see it,
1: definitely, though. you know, we did not see it. Some of these people are also very much hallucinating.
0: Oh, yeah. Things are getting weird and they have only had coffee uh, in so far <laughs> in in that day. Uh, and it's it's been a while and, you know, uh, things are getting weirder and weirder. Reality is a little broken down. And, and so they, they put um, the dead body in the bathroom, uh, the, the quote unquote bathroom, the, the vase's room.
1: Yes, but his his hand falls out like like drop, you know, like falls down and like a lady sees it sticking out through the door and she's like. Wakes up another lady, but then faints before she can tell her what the problem was. So the other lady's just like, what the fuck, and goes back to sleep.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so so here's where we do see what's going on outside. And it is not what I thought it was going to be. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't this. The police have set up not a blockade. Um, This is important. It's not a blockade. They are not blocking anyone from going into this house. Uh, but they have set up, like, an encampment, sort of.
0: Yeah, they're sort of there to, like, inform people that they're in there and they haven't come out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... And well, you're, you're not supposed to go in.
1: Yeah, uh, like, one guy's like, well, we... I suggested we set up uh, loudspeakers, you know, to uh, communicate with the people inside and give them instructions. And I got shot down, and it's like, shot down? Loudspeakers sounds like a really good idea, actually. What What's the problem with that? Well. The fact that it just seems excessive. I mean, there's nothing stopping us from just going inside the house,
0: or them from leaving. So, yeah.
1: so yeah. we don't need to. We don't need to do all that. You're right. And so
0: it's right. like, well, how about I just go in there and, like, oh, well, you couldn't do that. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've
1: got a crowd pushing up. It's like we're going to in there, and nothing is stopping us. And uh, and the cops actually, or I think it's the military. It might be <laughs> I'm not sure. uh Actually, like lets them go through, but then they stop at the gate and they're like, oh, "Do we really want to defy a military blockade?"
0: <laughs> like, is this right? Yeah, they all they all kind I of mean, sound uh, like mm, they kind maybe of have a, just to come a back. really good
1: party. Maybe this is maybe we're maybe and we should mind our own business, you know?
0: And is it, it is it this scene or is it a later outside scene where the kids show up?
1: Uh, that's later. Okay. So we also find out though that like they've been in this house for four days. Uh the mayor is somehow involved, uh and is like telling people like
0: I think one of them had an appointment with the mayor.
1: Right, right.
0: I think that's what one of the dude's important things was. He was supposed to meet with the mayor on something.
1: So back to the house, or the room rather. Uh the a guy is taking an an axe to the wall Trying to get at one of the water pipes To make the water pipe burst So that they can drink some water Because they, they've just been drinking water Out of the flower vases
0: yeah, For the last it's, bit It's pretty gross
1: And it works And they're all pushing in to get uh, To get water
0: Filling up all sorts of uh, teacups and stuff with it
1: Become not addicted to water My friends <laughs> Lest you resent it at Absence
0: and he'd fit in here just fine.
1: Yeah, and he'd be like, I am the Abortian. I can leave whenever I want.
0: I just don't but want to.
1: I don't have to.
0: I want you to go first.
1: I'm commanding you, actually. So they've been four days, at least at this point. Um, who knows how long it's really been. But on the outside, to the outside world, it's been four days. And we get the butler, got like this plate of stuff that he's eating. And one of the ladies is like,
0: so sad.
1: (laughs) What is that? Oh, we're eating. I'm eating paper. What? Yeah, it's not that nutritious, but it tricks the stomach. We used to do it all the time as kids.
0: Yeah. I was like, I had a really sad childhood. uh, So I know how to stave off hunger. I got these little crumpled up pieces of paper and they're wet. Like, did. would you like to try some? <laughs>
1: now, I I ate um, a Star Wars playing card once as part of a bet <laughs> because I lost. Uh, you got you got to get a lot of water in there, and it's incredibly oh, yeah. unpleasant.
0: Yeah, it's it's I, it's gross. Eating paper is disgusting. I used to chew on paper sometimes as a kid, just like a piece of paper, a little bit. If I was like bored in school,
1: yeah, like for it's me, gross. Part of it was like, okay, well. They're, they're like, well, we don't expect you to actually eat the card I'm like, no, no, I got to prove that I can do this. Right. Okay, I proved that I can do this. I, I never, ever need to or want to do this again. This was actually really stupid, and uh, it wasn't worth the effort to make my point.
0: No. I mean, as things are often when you do stupid things when you're young.
1: <laughs> one person's all like, well, I wish they never found the water. We're only prolonging the end. And another one's like, well, don't drink them.
0: Yeah, like why fine die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one jughead is like freaking out like he's losing his shit. Uh he's freaking out because he's super annoyed at the way that one girl is uh combing her hair. Right. It's like you you degenerate fuck, you can't just comb half your hair like it like that. Um,
0: yeah, he's he's getting really mad like he she's not combing her hair the way he wants her to comb it.
1: Yeah, and it's like
0: She has like a crooked hairdo and he does not appreciate it at all and he gets really upset about it after four days of looking at it as you would just being in a room with a bunch of people who you don't actually like all that much. (laughs) That like eventually the tiniest things are going to drive you insane about them. Mm
1: -hmm. One poor guy with a stomach ulcer has lost his pills and he's like, I'm sure someone found them and hid them in order to kill me.
0: (laughs) And... That isn't the case. They've just been lost, but someone will later find them and throw them away. Yeah. Intentionally.
1: Yeah. So, like, tensions are getting high. People are all doing the I've always hated you. Yeah. And then the host is like, hey, everyone, gentlemen, let's be civil. And they're like, this is all your fault. How can you tell your victims to be civil?
0: And it's weird that, like, they start to blame them, but, you know, I, I guess the genial host is sort of maybe the vector of this thing, uh, if if it is a thing.
1: Yeah, so um, they're cleaning up the rubble from the broken wall that they broke to, to uh, you know, to get that water pipe. But they're just dumping it outside the room because it's as far as they can take it. And they're just throwing it as far as they can.
0: So and, you yeah, just. Yeah, that room is just full of garbage. Like, you you see just so much trash all over the place. That's where they've been throwing everything.
1: Yeah, so here's where that guy actually, yeah, I didn't realize it was so quick after, finds the dude's pills and then just tosses them further out into the dining room.
0: Yeah, like, throws them so they're completely out of range.
1: Yeah, you could just go get them, but, you know,
0: that'd be weird.
1: Could you? I don't know. But yeah, uh, the the one lady, I think the fainted lady is going through some stuff and the doctor wants some aspirin for her, but there isn't any. So it's right, well, it's right tough.: here. Yeah, it's pretty tough.
0: Maybe uh, you can go out for some. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know what, though, the host says, we don't have to do that because I've got this, it's a box. We don't really know what it is. He says it's like, I think it's supposed to be like opium or something.
0: Yeah, I get the impression that it's some sort of uh, party drug that they yeah. happen to have sticking around. It's, it's, it could be even cocaine, uh, something like that, like they, some sort of uh, illegal drug that they have a bit of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he offers it to the doc to help the lady to help people with their pain and then jughead's like snaps at another lady like saying you smell terrible you smell like a hyena and the host steps in is like hey at least we all had the dignity to pretend that she didn't smell terrible
2: <laughs>
1: and jughead's like you all smell i smell everybody yeah. stinks i hate
0: all of you you disgust me we're like pigs i mean everybody would have to be pretty stinky after being in the same room with no facilities whatsoever for like five days now Um, at least yeah
1: (sighs) nobody's really sure how much time
0: has passed it's like Um, they've been in a plane wreck and they've been like trapped on a mountain except they're just in a room (laughs) (laughs) like again like i was talking about with alphaville it's like this car is my spaceship it's like Oh, our plane crashed and we're trapped here in the dining room.
1: (laughs) And and yeah, the host is like talking to his wife. He's like, death is preferable to this anarchy. (laughs) So the delirious woman, the one who fainted because she saw the doctor's hand, now sees a severed hand crawling across the floor of the empty room. So she's hallucinating this, obviously.
0: Right, this is a callback again to this is a callback, I, I think. This is something that uh, appears in Unchained Andalu. You get a, a severed hand rolling around in that movie. <laughs> but there's I this like great part imagine. where there's this kid, just like there. there's a severed hand, and there's just a kid poking it with a stick for a while.
1: <laughs> I like to imagine, though, that it's somehow the severed hand from Evil Dead. Sure. In fact, it does come up and like try to choke her for at one point. Yeah. But uh but then she goes to stab it and it turns actually, out, sorry.
0: <laughs> uh Evil Dead as a remake of Exterminating Angel thoughts.
1: Well, I was actually thinking about like what would happen if Ash from Evil Dead was in this room. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. We need to get out of here. And I'm sick of being the one who has to do everything for you.
0: Yeah, well like they are like they're more physically trapped, but they are trapped by an unseeable force within uh, this cabin in the Evil Dead movies. It's got mm-hmm. kind of that vibe and just like he's eternally cursed and just it follows him anywhere he goes.
1: Yeah, like at first I was thinking, well, if Ash from Evil Dead was here, he'd walk right out the door. And it's like, no, Ash from Evil Dead would 100 percent fall victim to whatever's going on. Yeah, it's just like everybody else. It's more powerful than anyone here.
0: He's got that bluster
1: But yeah like um, I'd like to see Sam Raimi's Take on this Or, or Bruce <laughs> Campbell like in a version of this I feel like his take on this. Well, like, yeah, yeah actually yeah.
0: Basically but,
1: but with fewer people
0: Yeah and, and you know with, with like Looney Tunes gore <laughs> Yeah
1: So yeah so the lady like Tries to stab the crawling hand but then oh snap back to reality and that she just tried to stab a person's hand. And it's like, "Oh my god, what what's going on here? We got to we got to do something about this. She might be she almost got stabbed." And one guy's like, "Yeah, sure. Call an ambulance."
0: Well, like I, I, I would assume that she was... They gave her the stuff from the box and she had oh, a fucking that's, trip. Oh, that's
1: gotta be what <laughs> it
0: is, of
1: course. I didn't even think of that.
0: <laughs> to be honest, but yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: That she wasn't, like, it, it, de- desperately ill or anything. She's just fucking stressed out and really anxious, and then they dosed her. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So... Here, here's
1: another one of those scenes where like the wording choice is so specifically geared to not getting out of the situation. So mm-hmm. the hornies are pondering how long that it's been. It's like, Well, have we been here a month? Well, you can't have been here a month because we would have died from starvation.
2: We, mm-hmm.
1: Well, it feels like we've always been here. But sir, uh, you've
0: always mm-hmm. been here. Yeah. This is Shining. Shining yeah. also has Echoes of Exterminating Angel I, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street the other night And I feel like that directly References Exterminating Angel at one point Oh really? There's a bit with some sheep in the dream And the uh, weird uh, shimmering reality Of the opening sequence I feel uh, like there's some of it there
1: Okay <laughs> Yeah so so like they're, they're doing their Oh we can't have sex thing Oh it's terrible Let's run away the girl says And the guy says I go where you go Right, Or maybe I got that mixed up But this, that's like It's basically like let's run away together
0: You first Let's go commit double suicide uh, uh, yeah. In the toilet In in the bad room. I think they go and have sex there first I think so Because there's head. a scene where they have sex In the bathroom And Sorry. then I, I think it's Another scene a, a little bit later Where they're discovered dead in the bathroom
1: Oh, fuck, is that what that was? I thought they found the doctor's body. Oh my no, god.
0: They died too. They went in, in there and killed themselves.
1: Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that makes the ending even less likely to work. Although, that yeah. explains why I kind of didn't
0: see them after. How did I misinterpret this? I, at least I think so. That That's my recollection. No, you're Un- right, unless because... it is that they. They saw them having sex in there, but I feel like they. Well,
1: no, because Judd found blood. Right. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude wouldn't be bleeding like three days after he died. Yeah, no, I, God, I no. think they killed themselves. That was my yeah, understanding. You're right. um, yeah, you're
1: right. No. Then, <laughs> then, like when sleeping, the conductor guy, uh, the the orchestra conductor, is like looking for a woman who's in a deep enough sleep that he can make out with her without waking her up. And he picks the wrong one and everybody wakes up. And we
0: weird, uh, weird dude.
1: Yeah. weird dude. And everyone's like, okay, this is a huge problem. We've got a rapist in here with us. And like one guy says to the host is like, okay, seriously, this is insane. Just level with us. Did you actually start this? And the host
0: <laughs> says, I
1: shit you not. I prefer not to answer.
0: <laughs> it's like, it I uh I I cannot say because I do not know. I I, I feel it's well, He doesn't that. know, but he doesn't want to incriminate himself in the possible. Like he doesn't want to lie in case he did accidentally do it and he's not aware of it.
1: That's kind of how. That's my take on it too. Yeah. Like kind of like how the servants didn't know why they were leaving. He doesn't right. know.
0: He doesn't know. <laughs> well, nobody knows. It's just a thing that's happening to them. It's some yeah. sort of divine punishment that they're receiving, but they don't know why or for what.
1: So the host is like, OK, well, I've got an idea to prevent this from happening. Why don't we put a line down the middle and have the women sleep in one half of the room and the men sleep in the other? And everyone's like,
0: dude, are you What's listening the, to yourself? How How is a line going to do anything about what just happened? The, 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 a line? Are you kidding, lady? A line. Yeah,
1: and and I just wrote in my notes. And then they found the sheep.
0: Right, the sheep just well the the sheep find them.
1: You know, the, yeah, the sheep find them. They they just look out into the dining room and they just see all the sheep from before. And the bear is just like climbing on things.
0: Bear's just having fun in the house. Uh, we we see the bear a bunch of times, just wandering through the house, uh-huh. loose. It never
1: never goes into the room, though.
0: That's that's, that's a different thing. The house belongs to the bear now.
1: Yep. Um, Yeah, so we have, like, this long shot of everybody just looking at the sheep with, like, differing expressions of awe and bewilderment. And then the sheep wander into the room.
0: And they set upon them.
1: Uh, Back outside... Um the family of the person who had kids and left them with the deacon
0: shows the deacon up. Deacon comes by with the kids.
1: <laughs> with balloons.
2: It's yeah. like,
1: oh yeah. It's like he says to the cops all like cheerfully, it's like, oh yeah, well their mother and father are in there. So we just thought we'd come by and check it out. Yeah. And,
0: and cops are like, Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, fine. And one of the kids is able to breach the barrier. A little bit. A little bit. He,
1: get, he gets past the main gate, but he does not make it to the house
0: because he um, becomes self-conscious. Like he unself-consciously starts going there, but they're like, "You have to stop."
1: <laughs> well, they're not telling him to stop, but they're just watching him.
0: Mm, right. He becomes self-conscious.
1: Yeah, yeah, and is, and then he's just remembering that everybody's saying that there's something wrong with this house. I guess, and he's like, "Okay, you know what? No." And he runs back, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, that's the end of that, I guess. That plan didn't work." Yeah, so here's where we cut to the makeshift barbecue. Uh, like they've they've like taken apart violins and stuff, and like parts of the wall to make this big barbecue, and they've already got one sheep roasting on it. Yep. And like the room is filling up with smoke, and the host is like, "Well, today I think we're going to organize a cleaning team."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and the pigeon-toe lady uh, was actually using those p- those bird feet in her purse as magic charms, and she hands out uh, some of them to some of the other people, and they do this uh, uh, prayer ritual.
2: Hmm.
1: And then it's here where the Jughead-looking guy finds the blood drip from the closet— and I wrote that finally found the old man's body, but it's like, not everybody's gotta know that he's gone. This doesn't make sense. So yeah. that's why it's what it's what you said, it's not what I thought.
0: I'm pretty sure.
1: So yeah, the horny couple just Oh fuck, that's what they meant by run away with me and I'll go where you go. Yeah. Oh my god, I I feel <laughs> that's,
0: that's certainly my, my understanding anyways.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. They're just watching and, like, people are just watching the bear frolic freely in the next room over.
0: Yep. They can't go there. They're probably hoping, like, I hope it doesn't come here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Jughead's like, was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if I just push you out into the dining room? If you do that, I'll kill you. And he doesn't right away. Doesn't. No. He doesn't do it. Um, stone cutters are like, okay, that's it. We're going to use our special, special stone stonecutter chant. Uh, one of them does like this loud, weird stone credit cutter cry for help, and it's like, well, it's no point in that. Somebody has to hear it for it to work.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's a call that. To... Yeah, it's a call that other stone cutters need to uh, be able to come to your rescue. It's like if one of them is in earshot, they must help you. But no one's in earshot. We're in like this really huge place.
2: Yeah,
1: I
0: mean. In the houses of the witch, <laughs> no one can hear you scream.
1: Oh my god (laughs) And then like the the grandfather clock Dings and I just And it's here I realize this thing must have been Doing this every fucking hour How annoying would that be
0: Uh, Like I there is a clock In my house that Ticks kind of loudly And I could not be in a room With it if I Was trying to sleep like it would drive me crazy Mm,
1: Yeah Uh, Here's where we get the acid dream Sequence uh, we got like, or well, this <laughs> this is like the big one, right? Um, we we got like voiceovers of everybody's dreams, but they're all kind of melding in together, so we can't tell whose dream is what. And like, faces are superimposed over pictures of mountains, but they're spinning. And uh, and I just think that everybody's subconscious is kind of like melding in together here because they've spent so much time with each other. and it, It's like. Accidental mind meld through trauma is Mm. is how I want to is how I how I'm interpreting it.
0: Well, like a lot of it does sort of feel like this lo-fi version, like a bottle episode version of uh, uh, like plane crash or bus crash or thing, where like a bunch of people are trapped in this isolated place and have to adventure their way out of it. Except in this case, they're all just in. A dinner party <laughs> Like it's just the dinner party that never ended and, and it's absurd but like uh, like in the 50s Buñuel did do like a few just like jungle adventure movies so oh. i kind of almost feel that this is an, an this absurdist riff like on that where those... it's yeah you transport yeah. that into a dinner party
1: <laughs> yeah it, it does feel kind of like like a dream sequence from one of those
2: mm-hmm
1: uh, we cut back outside. Um, there's a white flag on the gate outside. Uh, not really sure. That's not explained, but it's there.
0: I think it's to uh, indicate that they're quarantined.
1: Oh, yeah, right. Right. Uh, yeah, because the, the, all the cooks and the other servants come back, and they're like, oh, what brings you here? Oh, well, you know, same as you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not knowing why. I love it. And one guy's like, well, maybe they're all dead inside. Well, they say the foul odors do reach out into the streets. <laughs> and just thinking about how that room must smell.
0: They slaughtered and roasted uh, the lambs in there. There is a dead. There are three dead people.
1: Uh, three dead people, a whole bunch of piss and shit, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of sweat, a lot of dirty ass tuxedos that are. Well,
0: three dead people and seventeen living people who have not been able to bathe or leave the room. For a month
1: nobody knows how long
0: yeah
1: yeah so um uh, people are starting to see the bear in the front yard and lucas comes in he's like hey hey don't don't shoot the bear he's uh, i'm a servant and he's mine i guess
0: no he he owns this house now (laughs) like i said (laughs) it's the bear's place he's the master of this house currently
1: so uh we interestingly, we cut back to the to the room, and they've they've cleaned it up somewhat. It, the
0: cleaning crews.:
1: Yeah, the cleaning crews have actually done an incredible job because uh, I don't see where all the shit was, and all the the broken pipe, everything seems to be kind of they did a good job at cleaning. They must have been at it for a long time.
0: I mean, it's almost like uh, things are are resetting.
1: Yeah, and people are all like saying, okay, you know what? This will all end if we kill the host guy. And one person's like, kill the spider and the web unravels. By the way, that does not happen. It's untrue. That is untrue. If you kill the spider, the web will be there until something gets rid of it.
0: Yeah, Uh, usually the web is easier to get rid of than the spider, typically. Just you, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you can very easily get rid of a web of The spider it might be more trouble Just let the spider go <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe um, Yeah, so they're like, okay, that's it We're going to kill him and put an end to this Once and for all The doctor's like, gentlemen, all let's all be civil um, And it's like, screw your civility That's what got us here to begin with And they start wrestling uh, for a bit and the host comes out, he's like, guys, guys, don't fight over something that's so easily achieved. And he goes to the hiding place where the opium was and gets what looks like a pistol.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Some sort of thing.
1: Yeah. But like. I It's interesting because if it's a pistol, somebody would have seen it because it's the same hiding place where the opium was. But nobody. Magic so box. Maybe, yeah, magic So maybe it just, the pistol was there now because it needed to be. Or maybe it is just not a pistol he took out and it's something else altogether. I couldn't tell. It looked like he was you know, going to kill himself because after all, death is preferable to this anarchy and maybe it will solve the problem. Right. And then the Valkyrie is all like, hey, hold on a second. So we've moved the furniture and moved ourselves hundreds, maybe thousands of times, but we're All sitting and standing and all the furniture Is in the exact same spot as it was That first night
0: and It's like, it like So uh, Returning to a popular subject that we've talked about Homestuck very often It's yeah. like they've been moving around this chessboard In an old game and uh, It's just like endlessly not Concluding anywhere And finally they've Somehow managed to get every piece Back in place Somehow, like impossibly, everything is back exactly where it was. This
1: would realistically, without a guiding force. This would take billions of years.
0: Very possibly.
1: <laughs> what if it did?
0: <laughs> well, that's that's the Groundhog Day theory. That this is like uh, a Groundhog Day situation where their reality is just the same day over and over. But it can't be because we've seen life going on outside of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so they try to get everyone to recreate that night. Uh, Bianca's playing her song again, and then it's like, yes, and then you all clapped. And then what did you say? Oh, that was delightful. Play another one, Bianca, please. And Bianca's like, well, you'll have to forgive me. I'm very tired. And then the is like, we're all very tired, and we must be going now. And then everyone's like, oh!
0: Hooray! you figured it out you, you did it this time we we're actually leaving we didn't miss the queue yep yeah,
1: and then they all come out it's like this great big victory thing they all come out of the house all the servants come back it's like oh wow it's it, it's over the ordeal is over everything's solved and there's only about two minutes left of runtime so there's definitely nothing else that's gonna happen
0: and like a big significant chunk of that runtime is just a long pan over everybody in church.
1: Yep, everybody who's not dead, uh, with their thousand yard stare from like all the shit they've been through, and the service ends <laughs> and I'm just, and here's the point where I'm like, oh man, that was a good movie. Um and then the service ends and the priests are leaving, and it's like, you know. We really shouldn't be the first ones to leave. We should stay here until all the faithful have left.
0: Yeah, well, just <laughs> give me a second. And and it cuts outside, and we see a couple lambs running around, uh, yeah. and the bells ringing, and it's like yeah. oh shit! All the people they, are at they the entrance it with them.
1: of all the people at the entrance of the church. Like, well, well, we should wait until everyone else clears out first. There's too many people crowded. Well, after you. No, I insist. After you. After you. And outside the church there appears to be like a police riot going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, they, and, they can't go in.
1: Yeah, and then it just, that's the end.
0: Yeah, like, it's it's continuing on into infinity, like, the, somehow this phenomenon has continued with them, or uh, my, my other reading of it, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is that uh, this whole thing is sort of sort of a detailed metaphor for the church, and that, like, all of these people can't leave the church. Like you, you, you just can't leave the church. I mean, the, the church is a big part of the of our lives. And like, uh, do you do anything related to the church or act in any way accordance to Christian teachings or any of those things? Like, well, no, but we have to go there because it's a thing we do <laughs> every Sunday. And that really feels like sort of the 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 central metaphor, at least for that part. That's like. Uh and uh, yeah all of these people are trapped in the church uh, even though uh, they could easily just leave. <laughs> like yeah. hey B- like Buñuel poking someone outside a church and like you know you could just leave. <laughs> 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 kind of like knowing a-, a lot of his other films this does feel like one of the big uh reasons for this ending to me.
1: Oh yeah. Um this <laughs> like this is like the best end like i was saying before this is one of the, my favorite endings of all movies cuz it's just like oh the it's literally like the last 20 seconds is like is it's the an incredible topper
0: again. yeah
1: like uh i was so, i had taken off my headphones already and i'm like oh shit hold on
0: so uh uh like in, in that sense uh other endings that like ultimately like suddenly elevate a movie
1: Um, the usual suspects, I mean, say what you will about canceled lead actor, but the ending entirely changes the whole movie so that it's a completely different movie when you watch it a second time.
0: And the only one of those that I feel really works. Like I, I I've seen a, a bunch of films with you know the the twist ending film. I, you've got the M Night one. Sixth Sense is pretty good. Yeah,
1: Sixth Sense is pretty good. Uh I liked Fight Club. Uh, I think Fight Club works.
0: I love Club Fight worked. Club. Yeah. Uh, Fight Club mostly works. Fight Club it it cheats at times. <laughs> yes it does. But Fight I Club I think cheats. Yeah, I I like Fight Club a lot. Like I I was obsessed with Fight Club in high school uh, because uh, I, at the time I, I was in high school, Fight Club was out and <laughs> had come out. Oh, <laughs> everybody you know, me was, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it, it was one of those. I but I I wouldn't say that Fight Club counts as one of these where the no, ending no. suddenly elevates it, although a really great ending.
1: Yeah, um, there's more, and I'm sure I'll oh, think of a ton. For
0: sure, for sure. Yeah. So any any uh oh uh. Actually, something I want. Speaking of endings, there was a thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, there, or that that I wanted to mention last week when I, I was talking about uh, Halloween sixes, two cuts, and oh. the the one of them has the the song. Her has a uh, songs by Brother Kane. <laughs> okay, because at the end of last week's episode, I I sang the line like the the. And fools shine on the chorus to that song.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Brother Kane, uh, I, because I I, I, I mentioned all this, I, I have their, <laughs> the CD with that song. Like I can immediately pull it to mind because I remember this, uh, one obscure hit that they had, and I picked up a copy of their album. I think it's called Seeds. Okay. Uh, from a thrift shop for a dollar, and I got it home, and I realized that it's autographed by all of the members of the band. Oh shit! Right it's on. always kind of struck me as this weirdly poignant item that I I have this uh, that probably was important to someone, and that like they went and got this disc autographed by all of the members of this cool band, and then like they, they, they became so uninteresting that like it, it was sold for <laughs> nothing, no dollars oh. Like it was just like. Uh, give this to Goodwill,
1: right? <laughs> or maybe it's one of those things that got handed down, and uh, nobody knew that it was signed, or nobody knew who
0: the signatures were. I, like, I I didn't. I, I I'm. I got it a long time ago, though. Like the, the, I I've had this for like twenty years. I got this in the oh, early okay. aughts. So it wasn't like they. It wasn't really old by that point. It was like maybe five or six years old.
1: Okay, okay. It just reminds me of this thing I saw online, uh, where like somebody was like restoring an old Nintendo Game and Watch console, like mm. like their one of their very very first handhelds, way before the Game Boy. Mm. Uh, but like, uh, like he wanted to restore it to new, so he's like, I'll just uh, do this and that, that this to get rid of this weird signature, and the signature is from like the guy who invented Mario. And no. that Game & Watch would be worth, like, millions, or, well, Ooh, bungle. Like a, I don't know about millions, but a collect, an in-demand collector's item for sure.
0: Like that lady who, who restored the Christ. <laughs>
1: the oh my god, the, the monkey Christ.
0: I, I That is something that I feel Luis Buñuel would truly appreciate, was the monkey <laughs> Christ restoration. I, I think that is something that he would really have given a hearty chuckle to. Oh, uh, I,
1: I feel like the monkey Christ painting wouldn't be out of place in this movie.
0: Oh, it wouldn't at all be out of place. Like, honestly, I could even picture it in... Sartana, too, as the, the painting of the, the,
1: Oh, yeah. Have With the, the eye...
0: sheriff looking out through the Monkey Christ eyes. <laughs> I Charles Bronson think. stares at the
1: Monkey Christ. <laughs> uh,
0: monkey Christ devouring his son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a couple other thoughts on Sartana that I wanted to get to that I just uh, totally that I remembered in between.
1: Oh, Is yeah, there... we can't let those... Uh... Like in the recording until we got those out.
0: Yeah, are there seriously no female characters in Sartana Two other than Mamacita? <laughs> uh,
1: there was a, I, I guess, a sex worker who from the amusement park who like tried to hit on him and he All just right. completely no selled it. Yeah, well, no, they're... there are no other.
0: <laughs> no, there's no one else. That's kind of wild. There that is uh that's like the thing. The thing has no uh female characters whatsoever, but like it's oh, yeah, weird it to see just no female characters. It's uh, weird. And regarding Slim Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, what about Slim Shotgun?
0: It's like it's an Italian comic book. Character name for like an American Western character. Like, it, it's so silly. It's so elevated. Like, I, I laughed so hard at that moment in the movie when he's like, he, <laughs> the guy's giving his revenge speech and, like, you killed my brother, Slim Shotgun. <laughs> it's like, Slim Shotgun, are you out of your mind?
1: <laughs> his name is what? Wy- his name is Huh?
0: His name is Slim Shotgun. Oh, I hate it. Slim Shotgun. What
1: who wins at gambling, Sartana or Zatoichi?
0: Oh, no, I mean, I, ooh, that is tough because I, I feel like Zatoichi comes out on top when he faces anyone from outside of his series because that's a thing that happens in later <laughs> Zatoichi oh? movies. Oh, okay. Uh, like uh, uh, other uh, samurai characters who have, like, run their their course – Would show up in the Zatoichi series to die.
1: Oh, oh, like like a crossover, sort of.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like not just sort of the like it would be Zatoichi versus.
1: Oh, so wow. Okay, I I didn't realize that.
0: I mean that series like it's the unkillable series. It goes on for thirty movies.
1: I wish there was more. Like like Zatoichi 2002 was just really cool, and I wish there was more after that.
0: It's true. I, I think it would be great if there were more series, like, more uh, variations on it. it like, it, it's not that there are not enough of the original Zatoichi series. That's a long-running series, but... Oh, yeah. The reboots have never managed to take hold in any sort of way, and that seems insane for a series that's so robust in its original form, and it's so easy. Like, it, it's, it's so easy to iterate. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's like the Jaws thing. Or how, like, Jaws 2, like T O O. Just have another Jaws. Just another shark attacks the beach because you live on a beach where there's sharks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you got a mayor who doesn't like to close it.
0: Uh, it, it writes itself. But, you know, uh, bloodlines.
1: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, right, right. <laughs>
0: bloodlines. The Brody's. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, but what about the lawnmower Jaws? Bla- what was it called? Uh,
0: Blades? Uh, Blades. <laughs> Blades, uh, like an almost shot-for-shot shot remake of Jaws, except it's a lawnmower and it's a golf course. Again, exterminating Angel-esque, transporting the survival film into a dining room. <laughs> <laughs> you were at the PGA Open
1: 1998? whole bunch of people entered the tournament. Only one person won.
0: Was it Tiger Woods? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know, know things about golf. I'm sorry. I don't I've know anything followed. about
1: golf. I know that. I've played I know that golf. Tiger Woods was kind of forced to play golf by his dad. Apparently,
0: he's a tiger dad. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Prince Richard, or no, uh, uh, Ken, King Richard. King Richard. Oh. I know that. That's not. That's that's not Tiger. That's uh, no. Weird. That that's the other uh, Williams is Serena uh, Williams.
1: Serena and Venus Williams. Who. Yeah the movie should have been i like i never saw the movie but it shouldn't have been about the dad it should have been about them they're the interesting ones
0: but the dad <laughs>
1: yeah i know and then look if, I if mean, it's nobody... not gonna
0: play serena or venus williams i'm sorry
1: <laughs> well well no he's not and i mean nobody's going to see that movie now and be thinking about the legacy of venus and serena williams uh, yeah, Will Smith i kind of mean... ruined that
0: <laughs> That has become uh, an interesting cultural artifact in an instant. I, I feel almost like, uh, speaking of endings again, <laughs> like that, that one Oscars where uh, La La Land almost oh, yeah. like got got fake announced and it was actually Moonlight. And like, yes, Moonlight is the better movie and should have Moonlight won, is
1: much a better movie, by the but, way.
0: But I do think La La Land is a pretty good movie. And I feel like it got so trashed just because of it almost winning.
1: Well, what happened was Jimmy Kimmel actually did the exterminating angel thing. It was like, well, let's not be rude. Why don't we give the Oscar to both movies? <laughs> and it's like, well, the it is kind of, yeah, let's not hurt the white people's feelings. So let's so let's diminish the achievement to the black people to make the white people feel better.
0: I don't think there's any kind of conspiracy behind it. I, I don't think, think someone there is. Just screwed but... up. Oh, no, <laughs> someone... somebody
1: definitely screwed up.
0: Well, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> Warren Beatty, wasn't Warren it? Warren Beatty, yeah. I don't think
1: that uh... song was about him. Which song? Uh, You're So. I heard that You're So oh, was supposed to be.
0: They did say. She said who it was about not long ago. Uh, there's, like, an article about it. I have i i've legitimately read her say that yeah no it is about this specific person i think it might have been david geffen i don't know who that is the guy who runs geffen records oh record label. of course yeah. yeah yeah he he was he's one of the th- the main guys behind dreamworks too
1: oh okay
0: so uh, i think uh, so
1: him and bob dreamworks
0: <laughs> spielberg spielberg is oh. the dreamworks
1: spielberg was dreamworks <laughs> Yeah, I, know that. It's,
0: it's, I, I think it's Spielberg, uh, Lucas, Geffen. I don't know. It's, uh, there's shit. a few people. Like, I, I think I don't know. I'm, I, I could be misread. I know it's Spielberg because like Spielberg created DreamWorks and that was his studio. But like, it and was with it's a few the, other really wealthy, powerful people. <laughs>
1: and now, now it's the the animation studio where they make the face.
0: Yeah, that that is a corollary of what they do. I I think that's more the the Geffen wing of it, where it was, like, trying to drive technology forward for that stuff.
1: Well, Lucas loved using,
0: like, brand new
1: technology to make movies, too.
0: I don't think... Like, to a fault. Well, yeah, but I don't think Lucas was involved with it, because Lucas has always been an independent, because, like, he was not with DreamWorks. He... Uh, financed those movies himself by Uh, pre-selling the uh, merchandising rights.
1: Right, of course, yeah.
0: And made off like a bandit because, yeah, they're just independent films. Right, those right, right, right. right indie movies of the. Oh movies. my god! Yeah, uh, incredible that the '90s indie scene went from Clerks to uh, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, uh, and like they're both movies that are heavily about Star Wars and geekdom, and uh, one of them's great and one of them is ruinous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen Clerks. I've only seen the one one of the two Clerks episodes that I've ever filmed here, and is right. the one that's a flashback episode.
0: Right. I I saw that one on its original airing, uh, which was really weird because it was an episode that referenced the previous episode only. And it was was very confusing.
1: But it was the first one that aired over here. So I thought it was just I actually thought that that made it funnier because it's like it's a flashback to an episode that's only one episode, but it doesn't even exist. That's hilarious.
0: It's very avant-garde, and again, that's a bottle episode, like our film, The Exterminating Angel. Yes, it's the same sort of thing. It's a bottle episode. They they get trapped in a freezer in that one.
1: Ooh, I like the the episode in Breaking Bad where they get they get trapped in the meth lab because Walter has to kill
0: the fly, fly. Fly, yeah. <laughs> uh, good episode. Uh, uh, so Clerks, you you've never seen Clerks? I never saw Clerks. The first one's pretty good. Like the the first 15 minutes are rough. It, it gets good when Randall arrives. I, I I find uh Dante, the the Kevin Smith character. <laughs> the, the character that like is based on Kevin Smith, I feel, right?
1: Right, right cuz I thought Kevin Smith was Silent Bob.
0: Yeah, is Kevin Jay Smith Silent played. Bob in those ones. Yeah. They're they're in oh, that okay. one. It, it, okay. and, and like they have very like they're just color scenes they're the people who hang out outside the convenience store because it's sort of a bottle show or bottle movie because uh it's just set in the convenience store and randall works at the video store connected to it and they hang out outside it and it's just in the convenience store the whole day
1: so i bet jay and silent bob would totally be hanging out outside the house uh from exterminating angel just hanging out there beatboxing smoking their blunts (laughs)
0: So your th- this is your proposal for Kevin Smith's The Exterminating Angel. I mean, it, in yes. terms of his latter-day weird indie stuff, where he has like monsters and surreal bullshit, it kind of seems like maybe kind of more his bag. <laughs>
1: I haven't seen anything after uh, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back.
0: see so Universal Clerks too, either, right? No, I never uh, saw that. I I think I really
1: liked Dogma at the time, but I'd have to see how well it
0: ages. (laughs) I love Dogma. I saw that in theater too. Uh, I I was not old enough, and we got into like it's an 18A movie because that was picketed by the Catholic Church. (laughs) A movie, (laughs) which again is is another thing. Like I could see Kevin Smith getting into the uh, uh, religious uh, baiting of this. But uh yeah. yeah Dogma I remember really liking but yeah I I have not seen it in a good like 15 years. You
1: know who should direct the new Exterminating Angel? Oh. Jordan Peele.
0: Oh yeah, totally. He oh, could do man. a variation on it. He this. could
1: do a he would have a such a unique take on this.
0: I like I I could see him doing it. I I would also love a Denny Villeneuve, uh, kind of a French Canadian, uh, oh, yeah. uh, vibe on this. That would be interesting. Oh, uh, or, or Claire Denis for an actual French one. She would be pretty rad. <laughs> um,
1: uh, I, I still think Bruce Campbell in this situation
0: is would be gold. Well, sure, but Bruce Campbell in any situation is gold. Like, have well, you ever seen yes. Bruce Campbell? not be great. <laughs> No, I haven't. I I hear he's really like I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies since Black Widow, uh, but I'll catch up. I I got my copy of Doctor Strange in the mail today, actually. Of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. Uh, uh, apparently his his cameo as like Pizza Papa or something in it is really well liked, and he did an interview <laughs> where he was like, "Oh yeah, there's going to be lots more Pizza Papa in all of the subsequent Marvel films." <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a much more important character than you realize And people have kind of taken a run with it But I think it was just him doing his Bruce Campbell thing
1: <laughs> Oh probably But but he might be the new He might be the new Stan Lee cameo
0: since He, he might be and I would be Into that that would be so rad Just Bruce yeah. Campbell popping up in Every Marvel movie how great would that be I
1: might watch them Again I, I yeah. haven't seen anything since Endgame because I was like you know what Anything they try to put out After this is just this is where it should end. But it's you know,
0: that, that's fair. Like, some I, things you just don't, I,
1: you don't want them to end,
0: right? Well, I, I I feel it's fine for that stuff because like uh that that is the the Marvel model. Like I grew up reading Marvel comics and you just keep making them because it's oh, an, yeah. a, a whole I, I universe it and it exists and it keeps going. Uh, and it, it's you know, they they're bite-sized, they're they're popcorn movies. Uh and
1: I wouldn't call it bite size. That's a
0: giant uh, thing of popcorn. At, at one time, up until, like, Avengers, I was astonished when I rewatched all of these, and Avengers is, like, just over two hours. It's like, oh, really? Shit. <laughs> I thought the movie was <laughs> three hours long. But no, yeah, it's, it's uh, breezy, too. But uh, uh, just, it is true that, like, the two after Endgame that I've watched have been both pretty disappointing. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I... I... At the time, I was like, okay, well, now they can never make another Marvel movie. But now it's like, yeah, they, they reboot Marvel universes all the time in comic books. It's what you do.
0: It's an immovable object. This is now, like, not only it's it's the the universe and all of the characters and everything. It's now also an unstoppable commercial juggernaut that took over the entirety of film for most of a decade. Like, it's starting to recede finally, but it's still obviously this unstoppable force.
1: Well, yeah, they they just released what, what is it, like the plan for phase six or some ridiculous thing? Yeah, Daredevil they, they have... Reborn in 2026?
0: And they're still in phase four, so like they've announced, like, far scale plans for the next two phases. Uh, I don't know. But... I have not been keeping up with it. I just watched the Quantumania fake-out trailer that's just the scene from Mac and Me.
1: <laughs> oh, so you links that in the chat, but I didn't click on
0: it because I'm like, I don't want to see another
1: Marvel yeah, trailer. Why, I don't care. That's, that's why like you clicked it. Laughing at oh it, my yeah. god.
0: It's it's oh, the shit. it's the Quantumania logo and you go there and then yeah, it's uh that scene from Mac and me. I was like oh I can see That's brilliant. I, I can see Conan O'Brien somewhere getting mad at this video. That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Um I feel like we missed a cue to do something though
0: yeah you know I think there's something I normally say uh let me just get back to the uh we were at the end of it and we were saying we were at the end of the movie and oh yeah uh so uh any last thoughts before we move on to part three
1: uh actually yeah you know come to think of it so like um this movie could also be like seen through the lens of like an autistic person um because. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> disclosure i'm
0: listening listening.
1: okay hear me out hear me out disclosure i'm gonna get myself tested for autism at some point because you know to the surprise of probably nobody i suspect that i might be and figure that everybody's just being too polite to say anything but you know like just observing how needless but yet also simultaneously important all the social cues are and Hmm. like how you how like he's just watching and be like why are they getting so hung up on this why can't they just leave the room but it's like but like, like to normal I, people it's like well no you got to do your like your goodbye thing
0: well granted i would say that that is uh
1: uh i, I don't a, think it was intended
0: that a valid way, re- well no it, it certainly wasn't intended that way because i don't think that, like the the uh i mean in the situation 60s, of it the did not exist. wasn't out there but um I, I think it's also just too sympathetic reading for these people. Well, true. These people all suck, <laughs> true. and we want them to be punished. And I feel that that's central to the purpose of the whole thing.
1: No, like, no, like what I mean is like, like the view of autistic people looking at normal people. Like these guys mm. trapped in the thing are okay. normal, and that's why they're trapped. Whereas.
0: Worse. Yeah, but, uh, but again If that I were also... there,
1: I would simply leave You know, the the popular thing on Twitter To say, I would simply not get to cigarettes
0: I hate it uh, But uh, I, but yeah, I still feel it's too sympathetic Because it's considering them To be supposed to be uh, Some uh, version of normal people When they're clearly <laughs> supposed to be Awful and hated
1: Well, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a good point uh, It's just kind of a thought that I had Like in the middle of watching it
0: that's fair, it's yeah. Like, no. Do I want to get this out or do I? Well, as I was saying regarding uh, the, the the surreality of everything and how uh, that that's sort of Buñuel's thing is that it's supposed to be open to every interpretation that like what you bring to it is part of the movie. That's sort of his intent in making something that's uh, intentionally strange and has all of these things that don't fit together and don't make sense and are supposed to just jar you
1: yeah um but you know yeah actually uh and i think this one does succeed at that because there's so many interpretations of this that that are valid that he can't have had them all in mind when he made the film
0: oh yeah so that's the thing we also missed we didn't really say like oh yeah you recommend this movie <laughs> of course recommend this movie it's a goddamn masterpiece oh. by the way <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's, there's so much to dig into i mean we could we could talk here all night or for like a month about this movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it it is brilliant i like it's the movie that got me into Buñuel. uh i i've seen quite a lot like i guess i had seen un and lu before this but this is where i kind of really started to dig in uh, to a lot of the rest of his work uh and yeah he's just got a really weird filmography and it's all just this sort of experimental stuff where it's like yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's open to interpretation. There's always something at, in uh, the, the texture of the films that's like, how does that work? Is that real? <laughs> oh,
1: my God. I just realized something, though. Mm. My cat is meowing in the boot room just like she was at the beginning of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, any last thoughts before we do move to part three? Um,
1: no, it's late. I should get going.
0: All right, uh, on to part three. And we're back for part three, where we're talking about movies watched in the past week and deciding what to watch next week. as uh, so we've got another ten moves this week, just like last. Ooh. Uh, and we finished a stack, so we will be picking from the inactive stacks once we get there. Uh, double story. Yeah. So first up, uh, I continued watching the Halloween series. I finished off the uh, the terrible Dimension films, so starting with Halloween H20, 20 years later.
1: This is another one that I saw when it first came out before ever seeing the originals.
0: It's a weird... Like, I don't think it's as bad as 6 was. <laughs> the, it's certainly better than the theatrical cut of 6. But it's weird, because it's the first one that's sort of, like, upends the film, uh, the the timeline it's like okay everything that Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in doesn't count anymore
1: right oh yeah right cuz she came
0: back for this one yeah and like she's the main character and it's it's about her running a private school in California which it's kind of one of the first problems for it is that the private school setting is nowhere near as interesting as suburbia for a, no. a setting for Michael Myers as a slasher
1: not really no
0: and I guess my it's, other thing is, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: It's harder to believe that Michael could sneak around a school for an entire, however long he needs to, unnoticed.
0: Well, in suburbia, it's, it's very easy. It's stupider than that. It's, 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 there's no one there because everybody's away. So it, it's just not even dread. Like, it's not threatening because there's only a handful of people who are just hanging out in this rich, private, gated prep school. And I don't care about them because I hate them all. So
1: it's like <laughs> Hiroko the Goblin, but with Michael Myers instead of instead of Hiroko the Goblin.
0: Uh if like the cast were a bunch of WBTV stars, like it, it feels too safe. Like it's it's kinda like that Happy Death Day to you problem we talk about. It feels oh, like yeah. prestige horror. <laughs> like a horror movie that they somewhere in the back of their mind think could be Oscar Bait. And obviously it isn't, but it's like Well, you know, uh, 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 Sigourney Weaver got an Oscar nomination for one of the Alien sequels. Uh, Maybe uh, Jamie Lee Curtis could get one for a Halloween sequel. And, like, no, this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest problem is that it's just too post stream. It's got that kind of really quippy, sitcom y dialogue. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, Adam Arkin is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's love interest, and there's like she she finally tells him about her jagged past, right? And <laughs> he says, "Oh, that's sucky." I'm like, Ugh. I heard the word "sucky" in a Halloween film. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I hate that.
1: Was <laughs> oh, this the one that starts with Joseph Gordon Levitt getting killed with a hockey skate?
0: Correct. Yes. Oh yeah. That's right, I, I think it may be JGL's first film It's also Josh Hartnett's first movie Oh, it Definitely says introducing Josh Hartnett In the opening credits And you've got LL Cool J being this really annoying guard Who is always on the phone to his wife Reading erotic literature
2: <laughs> It's okay
0: Yeah <laughs> uh, Next up is The Amazing Transparent Man uh, real...
1: He looks like he's just a white silhouette On the poster
0: but You can't see him Oh, uh, you, you're seeing through to the paper. Uh, oh fuck! It, it's this. It's it's meta, right? Uh, it's this very fast-paced action sci-fi thing. It's pretty goofy. There's this escaped convict, and he uh, he meets up with this mad scientist who wants him to steal nuclear material for him for his experiments, and also rob banks. Uh, and he's yeah. into that being an invisible guy, Robin Banks. That's pretty rad. He doesn't know that the irradiation is fucking killing him. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun stuff. It's pretty ridiculous. Cool. Uh, next up is Backwoods Marcy. This is like Jason Voorhees' cousin. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like it's like you know, it's it's in New Jersey as well, just hanging out in Jersey bodies of water. Uh, this one's more the Pine Barrens, so you know, probably Crystal Lake adjacent. Okay. Uh, and it's it's late '90s. It's this post-grunge cannibal lady. She's you know dressed in plaid. She's got meth mouth, uh, and she there's this yuppie driving through the pine barrens, and she traps him in a cage and sexually assaults him. And there's just pounding techno music all the time. <laughs> Strange movie, an, an SOV thing, shot on video. Okay. Uh, extremely low budget. Uh, next up, The Outsider. It's a Jean-Paul Belmondo film. Uh, sort of Jean-Paul Belmondo as French Dirty Harry, basically. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, you know, he's a rogue cop who doesn't play by anyone's rules. And it's so heightened to a point that it almost but doesn't quite feel like satire. Like, he's just a really dangerous cop. Oh. <laughs> he really doesn't play by anybody's rules. There's like, he's a loose uh, cannon. Yeah, there's a helicopter boat chase at the beginning like him chasing a boat with a helicopter and uh he gets into like he he busts the guys with all the cocaine and then he like uh dumps it into the ocean immediately and he just like destroys it and like he's he's just going nuts and like it, it, it like you know that's the that's like the whole big opening sequence and it goes back and it's like why didn't you bring that stuff back? That would have been a huge bust for us, you jerk. <laughs> and he gets transferred out and he goes to this new place and they're like, okay, we, we need you to uh, do this stuff. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, we're, we're going to need you to make all of these changes. Here's all this stuff on your desk. Now work through this stuff. You're a desk guy now. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he just goes out and fucks people up.
1: I want to be the Charles Bronson.
0: It's Bronsony. Uh Henry Silva is the villain. It's pretty jazzy. Uh lots of action. It's a good time. Cool, cool. Uh next up is Raw Courage. Uh, where we've got three marathon runners. Uh, one of them is Ronnie Cox, who was the president in Captain America
2: 1990.
0: Oh, cool, cool. Remember yeah. He's great in this. Uh it's it's uh so he's a marathon runner and he's really experienced, and he's with these two other guys. And they're going on a run through the desert. And All right. on the way there, there's these right wing militia idiots who are doing a quote unquote training exercise, you know, uh, shooting guns and being drunk in the middle of nowhere. Of course. And they see them coming. So they ambush them to just like waste their time and be assholes and then like involve them in their shit for a little bit. Uh, and. Ultimately, they end up getting in a fight with them because uh, their pride is somehow uh, impugned by one of the guys not liking them being sexist idiots. And uh, they end up killing one of these dudes, and then the other guys are just on the run from them. And, like, these guys have a bunch of dirt bikes and guns, but they're also a bunch of idiots. So these athletes with actual conditioning for this kind of marathon running are a little bit more of a match for them than you'd figure. Cool, that sounds interesting. It's pretty good. Uh, next up is Stone. This is sort of the movie that created Ausploitation. It it launched the Ausploitation wave, of uh, you know, Aus- Australian movies. Oh, like c-
1: c- the Crocodile Dundee?
0: So sort of before that, like even before Mad Max. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a satanic biker gang, and they're being assassinated one by one because uh, one of them happened to witness a political assassination while he was wandering around a park tripping on acid. Oh! <laughs> and it, like he he wanders up and sees the sniper and watches him take the shot, and then he's he's like tripping out and is like, oh, this is fucked up, and he turns around and walks away just in time for the assassin to see the logo on the back of his jacket Uh oh. so he doesn't know which one it is so he's just going to assassinate the whole gang right right and the protagonist basically is the cop who's undercover with them but it's mostly a movie about them hazing him into the gang it feels mostly like hunter s thompson's hell's angels book like it feels like it's a remake of that while there's also a political assassination plot going on hmm. cool uh, next up is "Let Me Die a Woman." This is that Doris Wishman documentary. Ah, yes. uh, it's a uh, it is as exploitative and wildly vacillating in tone as I expected. Uh, some <laughs> of it's awful. Uh, some it, like some of it is just like uh, the, the the difference between way things are the 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 different political approaches that even the main doctor has uh, are are variable to say the least okay uh it is very interesting to see a lot of actual interviews with 70s trans folk though and it's it's kind of cool to just see like you know a bunch of real people just uh talking about their experiences in the 70s with this cool cool next up is a nightmare on elm street pretty much perfect so one of the great slasher movies uh one of the things that's interesting about it is it's kind of in conversation with like evil dead and stuff because evil dead had referenced one of Wes craven's movies so this has evil dead referenced in it it's like a later slasher so it's learned a lot of lessons from all the other ones
1: okay i thought i thought uh, nightmare on elm street was still one of the earlier ones
0: yeah it's like 82 no no 84 No, no, that can't be right. It's got to be 82. Maybe it is 84. Wow. But yeah, it is post-Evil Dead. uh, Because it it has a scene where someone is watching Evil Dead on TV. uh, Because they're kind of like playing back and forth. That's why in Evil Dead 2 you see a Freddy glove in the basement. Oh, okay. They're kind of going back and forth with that. Cool. Because in in the first Evil Dead they have a reference to The Hills Have Eyes. With a torn poster of it in the basement. Anyway, uh, brilliant movie. Uh, one of the all time great slasher movies, maybe the best, uh, supernatural one. Uh, it, it's, it's this dreaminess. There's a real looseness of reality, but it's sort of interesting as as sort of being about the minds of daydreaming teenagers and sort of the weird fringe of reality that sort of colors everything. Uh, and like I said, I do feel like it's directly referencing Exterminating Angel. Wes Craven was really into that sort of shit. Uh, uh, Last House on the Left is a remake of a Bergman film. Okay. So I, I would say that it's very likely it was an intentional reference.
2: Cool.
0: And and I, on this most recent reading, the thing I was thinking about a lot is that Freddy sort of seems like a figure of creeping fascism. Like he uh, is taking root in the minds of these neglected youths. The parents have not... Uh, spoken to them about anything, they just feel that it's something that they've taken care of, uh, and even when proven irrational or <laughs> or dangerous, it, it's still an idea, and an idea can't be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is ambulance, 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 uh, base explosions. Oh, uh, the new Michael Bay movie? Uh, it rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it is excessive. it's maximal. It's so loud. there's so many explosions. the action never stops. But it's really satisfying uh it it's not the noisy chaos of the Transformers movies. It makes sense. It's coherent. There's understandable stakes for everyone all the way through. And you know, it's an a cab movie which is really interesting to see from Michael Bay, yeah, and I gotta give so much respect to whoever taught him to uh get into drones because there's so much drone work for the cameras and like his camera is so free now and he can do all the crazy bay spinning movements he wants to do with it
1: (laughs) yeah I, i guess i never thought about how drone cameras would just could just change everything
0: well especially for someone like bay who really utilizes the 3D space of a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and like Raimi, I, I feel like Bay and Raimi both have sort of that uh, really wild camera movements. And while Raimi has sort of toned it back over time, I think Michael Bay has been encouraged to just continue to go well with it. And I feel like this is sort of the apex of his style.
2: Cool,
1: cool.
0: And last up is Halloween Resurrection, which is just the dumbest shit.
1: (laughs) The mask, oh my god, even in the poster, the mask looks like ass.
0: It sucks. Uh, It's from 2002. It is a direct sequel to H2O. Uh, It very stupidly and just badly kills off Laurie Strode early on, and then has the movie being about a reality show filming in the Michael Myers house.
1: oh god that's that sounds terrible, and it's you know that's it's what like, I haven't seen.
0: oh, it's so bad they they all have cameras on their heads, so it's p o v so it's also uh hopping on the the found footage trend, and then they have people on the internet watching them and like texting them and so like it's it's this is like the the cutting edge of texting. So this is a movie dro- jumping on the texting trend and oh, you know gosh. watching reality shows online where you could watch all of the different cameras all the time. Oh
1: my god, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it?
0: I remember when uh, B- Big Brother came out and they did that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But it's it it's so stupid. Like it never makes. A lick of sense it, it, that nobody ever comes here or stops it when the murders start happening pretty early on. Buster Rhymes is the guy who runs the reality show. There is a part where he says, trick or treat, motherfucker, and shoves an electrical cord into Michael's crotch. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, he has a karate fight with Michael Myers. It kind of feels more like a scary movie. Like scary movie franchise, then it feels like a Halloween movie. <laughs> it <Wow>. really stinks. <laughs> that's, it sounds like it. Uh, so those are our ten picks. What do you figure?
1: Um. Well, you've kind of sold me on ambulance because you messaged me in the chat when you were done seeing it before, and you were like, "Ambulance rules."
0: It is pretty great. Although I, I will—it's long because it's Michael Bay and it's very maximal. So it is like oh, two fifteen. But like yeah, it's it's a hell of a ride and it's really good.
1: Okay. Um, well, heck, let's do
0: that. Okay, Michael Bay's ambulance. Uh, so we've got uh, just five editions that I'll just very quickly go over because we're not going to be uh, picking from them this week. But not this uh, very time. quick. We've got Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which is a 1981 made-for-TV first wave slasher okay uh so uh obviously you can't have kills in the same sort of way and you have to rely more on atmosphere and what i Mm -hmm. understand is that this one is a really brilliantly atmospheric movie and is one of the best early slashers even though it's made for tv Uh, So it's this dude who's wrongly accused and some vigilantes hunt him down while he's hiding dressed as a scarecrow and they kill him. So he has to come back for revenge, obviously, and pitchfork the shit out of him. As you do. You gotta. Uh, Next up is Without Warning, where uh, some aliens invade a small town. They have flying jellyfish monsters with them that have razor sharp teeth and shit. Okay. Uh, and you got like a, just a bunch of old guys who have to stop it. You got Jack Palance, Martin Landau, Cameron Mitchell. Uh, and this oh, is the. Um,
1: cool. Like yeah. half the cast of uh, Alone in the Dark.
0: Yeah. And like from uh, two years earlier. And it's from the same director and writer as Wacko.
1: Oh, I love Wacko.
0: Love Wacko. Uh, next up is The Siege of Firebase pa- Fire Gloria. Which is a Vietnam movie starring R. Lee Ermey, who you would know uh, from Full Metal Jacket as the drill sergeant.
1: Oh, he's like, he's the drill sergeant. The drill sergeant, yeah. Uh,
0: Co-starring one Wingshauser. Ooh. Uh, And this is a movie about Marines defending this one base during the Tet Offensive. I hear it's actually one of the under-recognized great Vietnam movies. Oh, cool, cool. And uh, we've got the female executioner, uh, Bridget LaHaye, as a French vice cop, busting extreme pornographers.
1: (laughs) How extreme?
0: I don't know. But one kidnaps her kid sister, so she has to, uh, you know, go kill them all, obviously. That's Uh, that's that's what you do in these sort of things. Yeah. And uh, last, of course, uh, the Immoral Three. Doris Wishman, uh, we've previously mentioned this one when I uh, was looking at the back of the box because it has that one out of order. Uh, it's these three women trying to get revenge for the assassination of their mother, who I guess is also an assassin. Oh, cool. Assassins all the way down. <laughs> don't so,
1: kill assassins if you don't. Unless, you know.
0: You do You want to get involved with being assassinated? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. For our uh, main movie pick, we're picking from The Inactive Stacks this week since I've completed one. Uh, what do you figure for next week?
1: Well, let's see. Uh, last week was the car edition. This week is the angel edition. So we've got ambulance, and I want to see if there's anything here that has ambulance in the title, and it doesn't look like Definitely not,
0: no. That's not a very common <laughs> word, I'm afraid.
1: Not really, no. Um, Well, you know what? I've been looking at this, and it's been mentioned, and I've even asked about it the last couple of times that we've gone into the inactive stacks, but I never Mm. end up picking it. Uh, The Hudsucker Proxy.
0: The Coen Brothers early movie where uh, it's uh, 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 Tim Robbins as the inventor of... Uh, the hula hoop but like he's been hired to the company as part of a stock scam because they want to tank the company and then he accidentally makes it uh super successful
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds fun
0: it's great you got some uh bruce campbell in it in a really tiny part as a fast-talking newspaper reporter from the i guess this is set in the 20s because i think it involves the stock crash if i recall correctly right on uh yeah great movie should be a fun time so yeah so next week uh the hudsucker proxy and ambulance
1: all right not a theme week this time but
0: that's okay they can't all be theme weeks they shouldn't all be theme weeks (laughs) they shouldn't okay so any last thoughts before we close for this week not this time (laughs) that is totally fair well uh thanks everyone so much for listening and trick-or-treat motherfucker